If you are listening to this broadcast, then you are alive. This is The West Allen Show. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Ordinary men and women are too small-minded to govern their own affairs. That order and progress can only come when individuals surrender their rights to an all-powerful sovereign. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists. Hello and welcome to the West Allen Show here on the Sunday Transmission. We've got a bombshell show and uh, we have a uh, Lisa Haven where she is showing evidence of the impeachment being caused by the UN, how the UN wants him impeached and why. And on the same days that they called for impeachment where he or Trump had uh, uh, actually had a speech at the UN, it's bombshell information. And later on we have uh, Mr. Jones, <clears throat> David Icke, and then in our last hour we're going to have Derek Prince. Uh, but right now, I'd like you to uh, take a listen to, uh, uh, for all uh, learning purposes and informational purposes, I'd like you to listen to Lisa Haven. I think that you will be absolutely floored to see who's all behind this impeachment. And here she is. Is the United Nations linked to President Trump's impeachment? Well, you're about to find out. Not only that, but you're also going to find out that the United Nations was the biggest loser ever since President Trump got into office. Is the United Nations linked to the president's impeachment? Are the Democrats working hand in hand with the globalist and tyrannical dictators at the UN in order to out the president? You see, the truth of the matter is, the President of the United States has had many accomplishments against the United Nations. In fact, one of the biggest losers ever since President Trump got into office, it wasn't the Democrats, it was in fact the United Nations. Take a look at some of the things that he's accomplished over the years. This first one shows on the New York Times that Trump served notice to the UN and quit the Paris Climate Agreement. Also on foreignpolicy.com, Trump choked off funding to United Nations programs. Also newyorktimes.com, Trump quits migration pact, saying it infringed on sovereignty. Aljazeera.com, Trump ends all funding for UN Palestine Refugee Agency. And newyorktimes.com, President Trump withdraws from US from UN Human Rights Council. When President Trump backed out of compacts and agreements at the UN and further defunded many of their programs, well, the globalists at the United Nations didn't like that too much. In fact, they were raging mad. To top it off, Trump told those tyrannical dictators at the UN that the patriots are in charge of the future, not the globalists. Take a listen. 
Wise leaders always put the good of their own people and their own country first. The future does not belong to globalists. The future belongs to patriots. The future belongs to sovereign and independent nations who protect their citizens, respect their neighbors, and honor the differences that make each country special and unique. It is why we in the United States have embarked on an exciting program of national renewal. On that very day, September 24th, 2019, when Trump made that announcement at the United Nations 74th session of the UN General Assembly, the Democrats on the same day announced their formal impeachment inquiry. Take a look at this article on CNN.com. On September 24th, 2019, Nancy Pelosi calls out President's betrayal of his oath of office and announcing formal impeachment inquiry. Is it any coincidence that on the very same day that President Trump announced to the United Nations that the Patriots are in charge of the future, then Nancy Pelosi takes to her seat of power and announces the formal impeachment proceedings against the president? Let me suggest to you something. They both knew about it. In fact, I believe Nancy Pelosi and many in the Democratic Party, even some in the Republican Party, are in bed with the United Nations. And I believe they conspired together in order to out the President of the United States of America and get him out of office. You see, the United Nations is mad because President Trump took their power, took their uh, compacts and agreements away. Want more evidence of this? On December 5th, President Trump met with United Nations representatives. Take a look at this article on cbsnews.com. President Trump dines with UN Secretary Council representatives after returning from the NATO summit. On that very same day, Nancy Pelosi came out with her second announcement about the impeachment inquiry on the same day. Take a look at this article on businessinsider.com. Nancy Pelosi says, House will move forward with articles of impeachment against President Trump. It's as if it was all planned in advance. The same day he gives speeches at the UN, Pelosi makes an announcement about impeachment. The same day he meets with UN representatives, Pelosi makes another announcement. I believe there's a lot more to the story, but it doesn't stop there. You see, the Democrats decided to go against President Trump and basically stab him in the back because President Trump backed out of the climate accord agreements. And so what did 13 Democrats do? Well, they said, we're going to travel and talk to the UN and we're going to stand with them on the parent climate accords. Take a look at this article on dailywire.com, December 1st. Hypocrisy. Pelosi and 13 Democrats to fly to the United Nations climate meeting in Spain. You see, they arrived this week and they already told this climate meeting that they're all in on the climate agreement. Interesting that they are filing this impeachment inquiry against the president. And notice this was all Democrats who are flying to that United Nations meeting to back 
the UN behind the president's back. Maybe because the United Nations funds the pockets of many Democrats in this country. The dates and times alone speak for themselves. And I have said for a very long time that the United Nations is attempting to take over the U.S. This is it. This is the start of it. And how do they do that? They take out the one black in their way. The one president who is standing against the corruption, who is getting out of the climate accord, who's getting things out of the TPP, who is getting out of the migration compact and defunding the UN. I say it's high time we get the United Nations out of the United States of America. One last thing I want you to remember is this little piece of legislation, HR 1111. Now, this hasn't passed Congress. I don't believe it will. But this is the start of the United Nations taking over the U.S. because similar legislation will come. But that resolution, if you didn't recall, basically it turns the U.S. into a United Nations, so to speak, where they literally release U.N.-style peacekeepers and environmentalists to keep an eye on the American people and make sure they comply with the United Nations Agenda 2030. It's terrifying. Why do you think they want Trump out so bad? Let's not let them win this election 2020. Anyhow, I love you guys. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm Lisa Haven, signing out. There are forces on this planet that have been very mysterious. And we know those forces are malevolent. And those forces have been working to poison and disease and dumb down humanity. And now mainline globalist publications and mainline universities on a planetary scale are all heralding the end of humanity, a post-human world nightmare scenario. Now, the only question is, who's running this? The Bible would tell you it's interdimensional creatures that we can't see. And now science shows that those dimensions do exist. And mainline mathematical equations from the biggest supercomputers show that our universe is contained within another universe of dark matter that's many times more powerful, artificially holding the universe in place. That is the third dimension. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the final countdown. Humanity's great decision. The world government, the cashless society, it's all going live right now. Run by communist China and the United Nations. That has officially been released by Reuters, AP, in a UN press release. Communist China is quarterbacking as the chief foreman on the engineering project for the world government 5G microchipped population interface. It's right here. Chinese tech groups writing UN facial recognition standards, Reuters, and it goes on from there, ladies and gentlemen. You will face scan or palm scan to buy and sell. 
And if you don't submit, you will be turned off. You will starve to death in the streets. Huge populations will run to the hills and the rural areas and will try to go back to agrarian societies. They will be assaulted by robot drones, robot tanks. You think, well, humans won't go wipe out humans that run from the beast. But the robots are already here and they're coming. And China is writing the global standards for that. America was supposed to fall and not even be in the picture. And China is meant to empower the entire system. And literally Bacchus with 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10G already being rolled out. This isn't science fiction. This is the waning twilight hours of the year 2019. The future's here. It's not equally distributed. And it's being run by psychotic anti-human control freaks who believe they're going to merge with machines and become gods. But only after they have paid Choron to cross into their hell that they believe is heaven. And the payment is the extermination of the disease, the virus known as Homo sapien sapien. That is openly, ladies and gentlemen, going on. You know, the crew does a great job in real time pulling up uh, articles and videos of just whatever subject I talk about here on air. And and they don't even know what I'm going to be bringing up most of the time. I, I would encourage listeners and viewers, as a lot of you do, to actually look into what I say and what I claim. Because 99% of the time, you can easily just go find it. But it's from the globalist perspective telling you how great it is that, oh, next year, Tesla's going to roll out. Not just brain chips, but dozens of wires put into your brain. But it's essential that it not be done at a hospital because that sounds too medical and scary, brain surgery. So it's done at little kiosk at the mall where you just step in like you look at a Tesla car and sign up. And, you, and they don't worry, a robot cuts a hole in the back of your head and sticks some wires in there and you sign the waiver forms and then you walk out and all your friends go, oh, you're so cool, you're a cyborg now. But again, they got to do it like it's buying a pair of shoes or, you know, getting a pedicure. It's all just no big deal. Get your bikini wax. Get some wires shoved in your brain while the homeless in Austin get their microchips. And yeah, it's announced, nobody cares. Okay, yeah, just the homeless in a... Warehouse, getting their microchips. Of course, we had the documents over a month ago. It's confirmed, but, oh, it goes so viral when it's buried in just a video on the Internet of a guy getting his hair trimmed who's homeless. And he goes, oh, yeah, we're moving into a warehouse, getting a microchip. Everything's going to be free. Well, that's actually what the plan says. So you can see where this is going. You do what you're told. You get your microchip, and then you behave the way you're told. And then you get all these free little credits put onto your chip because the robot factories are making all the goods now. Humans don't have to work anymore, but you're being made obsolete so that you don't know how things work or operate. So you're lazy. So you're stupid. So you're drugged by weaponized level marijuana and fentanyl and fluoride in the water. And it's all an admitted plan to shudder and control your consciousness. And that really is my main message 
to everybody is that this is not a drill. This is not a game. This is not a joke. This is real and is the most accurate forecast of what was going to come. And now it's here. And you don't have to listen to me telling you what's going to come next. The globalists have told you what's going to come next. But don't worry. You're going to be as high as a kite when you die 30, 40 years before you're supposed to. And you'll never know what hit you as the rise of the new species of machines takes over and we are phased out. That's all been announced. That's taught at all the universities. And, and, and people under Stockholm Syndrome go, well, I better join that so I can be part of the last group that has to go and give up their humanity because they're all agreeing that they have to die before they're uploaded to the mothership. This is beyond a Hale-Bopp cult where these men cut their testicles and penises off and were transgendered and all believed that they were going to beam their spirits up to the Hale-Bopp comet. And those were some top programmers in Silicon Valley. Where do you think this whacked out stuff comes from? They just thought they were moving to the end right away. Forget uploading to the computers when they were taking their DMT. Whatever it was they were talking to on the DMT told them to drink vodka and take barbiturates and wear their Nike tennis shoes. See how that works? But however you're watching, however you're listening, remember, it's beyond paramount. It's beyond central. It's beyond critical. It's absolutely imperative. You tell people about the station with urgency. They want to have us in this trance. No, you go into the grocery store or the gas station or you walk into work and you say, hey, I'm listening right now or I'm going to listen to him tonight on the local station. He's covering stuff they don't want you to hear. That's why he's so censored. Yeah, I've heard of that guy. Well, listen, find out what he's really saying. It affects you and your family. We don't have to let this takeover happen. Well, who's taking over? Listen, you need to find out who's taking over. One can't be told about the Matrix. One has to see it. Into the Matrix, we can read the code. So can you. But at this point, I can literally see the code. Just like Hollywood says, they're throwing it in your face, ladies and gentlemen. And they believe a lot of you are going to see the code and get scared and join it. You will not upload to the machine. You will download to hell. Do not join with Satan. It's a lie. It's all a fraud. You have the power. Humanity has the power. We have the power. Do you want to fight? You better believe you got one. Rallying patriots worldwide in defense of human liberty. It's Jones. I don't say it with pleasure when I point out that InfoWars has laid out how the planet really works, who's in charge, and what their endgame is long before they came out and admitted the endgame. And now they're just flooding us with electromagnetic radiation, GMO, tons and tons of fentanyl, enough to kill the whole country. If we took a dose, it's flooding in every week. It's just incredible. And Christian... Pro-human nations are under attack. Everybody else has basically given up and are complete slaves. But there's hope in defeating this if we can admit what's happening and rediscover the basic liberties that made us great. Now, I want to tell you the news that's coming up. 
I'm going to cover before David Ike joins us. But I also wanted to just encourage listeners and viewers with Christmas being here to not spend your money with Target. And I occasionally still go to Target if it's 10 o'clock at night and, you know, the kids need socks or something I forgot to get if I'm out of town. It's not that Target's a bad store itself. It's that it's a globalist, anti-human, transhumanist, brainwash the kids, get rid of the boys' and girls' toy sections because it's bad for boys and girls to be, you know, to be their own independent part of the species. They're doing terrible stuff. Why would you go buy your Christmas presents with them? And then look at Jeff Bezos and his globalism and his slave factories and, and w- w- with the robot takeover. Instead of tithing to that local church that doesn't stand up for pro-life, support the local radio station that has pro-life host on. Donate to them every week, every month, and spread the word. Paint the name of the station on your barn. You know, if, if we're on that station, this is a war, and your word of mouth is king. I'm on my knees for the sake of you and my children and all of us asking for your word of mouth and asking you to take action. I don't want these pedophile Satanist vampires to keep winning. We're very close to beating them. We're at the tipping point, but we've only summoned their counteroffensive. Their counter-revolution operation, they see us as a counter-revolution, but the truth is we simply are the inheritors of this planet if we take the birthright, but there's evil that wants to steal it. So I need your word of mouth, and I need your prayers, and I need your financial support, and our local stations do as well. If you are receiving this transmission, you are the resistance. Live. We are back live. We are broadcasting worldwide. I am your host, Jones. Thank you so much again for joining us. Okay, let me get into the big news here. We'll be covering all of this with David Ike in the second and third hour. Hillary Clinton has said that she's considering entering the race. She's always intended to run. She's going to announce, even though she's infirm and looks like a rotting old shoe on the side of the highway, her will to power is very real. We're going to be getting into that. Also, it's being reported by the Washington Post. Who knows if it's true? that the upcoming IG report is going to absolve the deep state. And that follows the pattern. We're going to be getting into that report and so much more. And I don't really like to make fun of leftists because they're such twisted, fallen wrecks of humans. But if it's people like Aide Skrelix or Carl the Cuck or Trigley Puff, I mean, there's so many of them. I don't know what you call this lady other than evil Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse voice screams at Trump supporters. We're going to get to that in a moment. Because she's slapping them. She's hitting them. She's cussing at them. So we had to bleep it. And she's totally entitled. And then brags how her brother is Hillary's lawyer that protected her in Arkansas. What did Hillary do in Arkansas? Mina drug dealing, children murdered, uh, protecting pedophiles. I mean, this is all on record. They made movies, you know, fictional movies about corrupt lawyers. 
give me a break. Imagine a movie about Hillary. You talk about a villain. You talk about connected to wickedness from the very get-go. We're going to get to all of that because the cover matches the contents of the book with these people. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, First off, they are now openly externalizing the method and saying, yeah, we want to kill babies. We love to kill them after they're born, hurt those little suckers. I love chopping them up. The mainline feminists all are saying how fun it is to kill babies and licking their lips and saying, hail Satan on TV. They're not just doing that to demoralize you. They're doing it because it's their power source. And they're declaring the name of their God and their love of their God. Out of desperation because they can feel Christ's energy coming back into the world. This is real. This is happening. They're very, very scared right now. And so exercise your free speech like never before. Call into a libtard show. Again, go to Congress. Confront them. But whatever you do, tell people about the local stations because folks are ready to wake up right now. Now we come back, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop it and I'm gonna get to all this news I just said I'd mentioned in the Mickey Mouse lady and how it ties into Biden and his weird roach leg thing, looking at black kids calling them roaches. I mean, these are psychotic demons. And the veneers coming off where they're uncloaking, it's not just senility. It's not just that, it's not just early dementia. Even the young leftists are having seizures on stage because they are fallen. And as the evil tries to come into them to attack us, it's bringing them down, not us. My phone has been ringing off the hook. Dozens and dozens of people have called me. I've gotten all these text messages. The office phone's ringing off the hook. Emails are flooding in. They're saying, can you believe it? 300 Trump ads that were going to run tens of millions of times were pulled by Google. And then it turns out it was done over the summer. Folks, I live this every day. I read the news like nobody else probably. And they have been hitting hundreds of congressional candidates and members of Congress. They've been going after governors, state reps. It's been a reign of terror. Last week, they wouldn't let Melania Trump images be sent out, saying it was hate speech. Ladies and gentlemen, this is beyond censorship. It's total information control. It has to all go through a filter, and that's what AI allows. Is what I call information singularity. Not empowering information, but holding it all in like the one ring of Mordor. Trump must act now or they will steal this election. Twilight is here. The sun is setting on 2019, and we hurtle into the year 2020. Only 330 days out from this incredibly historic election. And it's more important than ever to pray for President Trump and to pray for his provision and his protection. He's completely surrounded. And to pray for him to have discernment and to be bold and to take action and not listen to the advisors that tell him to hold back and that if he goes after the deep state that they'll remove him from office. They're trying to remove him regardless because they know that God put him in office and that He's going to continue his work and he's going to continue exposing them and bringing them down. But that if he doesn't execute in that office that God's given him, that the globalists could win. Ladies and gentlemen, now is the time more than ever. And please pray for all the children being targeted by the globalists. Thank you and God bless you all. Because there is a war on for your mind. Losing 
your mind. And when you're out there, Thank God I'm crazy, or I would have gone insane a long time ago. But it wasn't because I didn't know enough. I just knew too much. I just knew too much. And the whole system is about ridiculing you. Does that make me crazy? If you know how things actually work. If you study the ruling class and the scientific dictators and the world they're building. Because it's a world full of ugliness. It's a post-human world. These globalists think they're in charge. <laughs> the fact that they think they're in control is a real joke. Just like the song says. think you're in control you really think you're in control you really think bill gates is in control you think hillary clinton's in control you think lord rothschild's in control no there's a dark force in control of them and that force is not in control of the force and the force is just simply god's will not something from the movie Star Wars. And that force has been mathematically proven. The will of God holding the universe in his hand. All right, let's lay it out. The rotting edifice that is Hillary, that is Joe Biden, with his fever dreams of dementia. It's so sad when old people, even if they're good people, start to have real brain rot. Uh, and they start saying really nasty, gross, weird things that don't make sense. One day they're fine. The next day they're drawing on the walls with feces. Come back the next day, they're okay. Next week, they're cutting their fingers off. You know, this is the type of stuff goes on. Next day, they're walking down the street naked. Joe Biden is degenerating in front of our very eyes, like a vampire in a movie that gets caught out in the sun that starts turning into dust in front of you. Or, or the Skeksy death scene, throne room scene. Death of the Emperor Skeksy. Maybe we can roll that in the background. I mean, he's crumbling in slow motion in front of us, and the system still keeps shoving him in front of us because the globalists are hierarchical. And he has served the system. And and it's all run by 80- and 90-year-old crazy devil worshippers. And and so they like seeing Joe up there, and they don't mind him slurring his words and stuff because they are. They don't mind all that dandruff on his shoulders. They don't mind him calling little black kids roaches. That's what they call them. In Mexico, the ruling class call the worker class roaches. So this is all emblematic of who they are. Here's Hillary saying, oh, I'd have to make up my mind really quickly. And boy, she's right at the edge of that cliff. She knows she shouldn't run. She knows it's not going to go well, but she wants that power. My power. I am the emperor. Mine. Here she is. Not yet. <laughs> and then the fawning audience. So, Look at Webster Hubble's daughter. 
Bill is flying, then yeah, you, could, you could step back into the ring. Yeah, I, I, um, I hear that. I, I especially have been deluged in you know the last few weeks um, uh, with uh, thinking about uh, doing that. But right now, I'm not at all. Uh, you know, planning that. Um, I'd have to make up my mind really quickly uh, because it's moving uh, very fast. But I do want to continue to influence the debate. You know, I'm not I'm not leaving, you know, the political arena completely. I'm working yes. uh, really hard to, uh, you know, make it clear that we have to hold our current leadership uh, accountable. So I'm on Twitter. I'm not as, as I think, clever uh, as Chelsea is at, you know, dealing with a lot of the undercurrents Chelsea, of Twitter. God help us. I'm out there all the time uh, sort of pointing out some of the foolishness and craziness that we are currently experiencing so you know I'm okay not so that's good now, now let's move on this has been out for a week as you know or four or five days but darren mcbrain put some um, images to it but uh, radio listeners you'll be spared looking at biden here's biden clearly in dementia talking about hares and roaches and black kids and i love kids so he realizes what he just i mean I mean, I don't look at black kids and see roaches, okay? But that's how these folks operate. They see kids, period. They see roaches. They want to pull the legs off of. Uh, let's uh, go to Biden. You're on television, so be good. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> you got fired. You remember that Smile. No, not smile. No date to your 30. You know, I sit on the stand, and it get hot. I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight, and then watch the hair come back up again. They'd look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap, and I've loved kids jumping on my lap. <laughs> son of a bitch it's called being cut off from god now let's go to this lady they're at a trump rally this woman comes over starts assaulting him it looks like she's about 89 and she sounds just like mickey mouse this has not been altered she starts hitting people cussing them the police officer says hey they're just having fun leave them alone so she cusses them out and stomps off but the entitlement of the left this is how they act if you go to a leftist rally they're almost all like this lady you're like this lady's a freak show they can be black, they can be white, they can be old, they can be young, they can be Hispanic, they can be Asian. They all act and look like her, but they're mainly white. And they're the ruling class. They supposedly control things, and they're just pissed that their goddess, their god, Hillary, didn't get in. So old liberal lady with Mickey Mouse voice screams at Trump supporters. This is all emblematic of the rotting, diseased brains. Here it is. In Arkansas, my brother was a lawyer. He was lawyer. Where's the evidence? My brother had My brother protected Hillary. Hillary! 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 Yes! 
what we're facing now they've been trying to hide their supporters last election i mean we had videos every week with five ten million views we would just go out and show them and it was just really hilarious but also sad well now they delete and take down videos everywhere that, that show the freak show that these people have turned into or maybe they were always like this but i didn't think we'd find anybody at the top age screelix carl the cuck triglypuff but ladies and gentlemen I mean, I guess this is the evil Mickey Mouse. I mean, I knew that Disney was fully behind the Democrats and Hillary, but my God, this is just over the top. Maybe this woman has been is like 120 years old as the original voice of Mickey Mouse. I mean, that could be the case, folks. I mean, I, stranger things have happened. I, maybe it's an NPC in the program matrix, and uh, this is all a deep fake, and none of this is real, because let me tell you, that is frighteningly hilarious i i don't know whether i'm just gonna go call you know hide in a hole somewhere or die laughing second hour david ike coming up more than just kill babies and sell their body parts. For many of us, this idea of transgenderism seems brand new. It is man! But the movement we are seeing today was born a hundred years ago. The founding fathers of this transgender movement were of the same culture as the eugenics crowd. The media push for transgenderism happened 60 years before Bruce Caitlyn Jenner. In 1952, George Jorgensen became the first American to undergo a sex change operation. After learning about the procedure in the U.S. Army, he went to Denmark, where he was given special permissions from the Danish Minister of Justice to undergo several sexual reassignment operations. George Jorgensen became Christine Jorgensen, and was instantly taken in by Hollywood and made an advocate for the transgender community. Her influence through pop culture made transgenderism and sex change operations more normal and acceptable. We then see it in the universities. Gender identity research began in 1962 at UCLA and the gender identity clinic at Johns Hopkins was performing sex reassignment surgeries by the late 1960s. In 1969, the Marshall-Tanner study created the term precocious puberty, which is defined 
as a disorder and diagnosed when a child shows signs of puberty too soon. According to the study, too soon is age eight for girls and age nine for boys. Precocious puberty doesn't physically harm the child, and yet it was considered a disorder. Just two years later came the discovery of gonadotropin-releasing hormone, GNRH, what we know today as puberty blockers. And it was immediately prescribed to those diagnosed with precocious puberty to halt the natural hormonal process in their bodies. And why? Because two men wrote a paper that suggested it was emotionally bad for children to undergo puberty before everyone else. In 1980, the American Psychiatric Association's APA added gender identity disorder into the DSM-3, which opened the coffers of taxpayer health care funds to pay for sexual reassignment costs. Without FDA approval or any studies on the drug's long-term effects, they are injecting Lupron and other brands of puberty blockers into children, and doctors are being paid to prescribe them. In 2001, the makers of Lupron paid an $875 million settlement to the Department of Justice for giving illegal kickbacks to doctors in exchange for prescribing Lupron to their patients. This company is now the sixth largest independent biotech company in the world with a revenue of over $32 billion in 2018. The company is also connected with the Clinton Global Initiative and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. In 2007, Boston Children's Hospital began transitioning children as young as three years old. From 2000 to 2014, gender-affirming surgeries have increased fourfold and up another 20% the next two years. Private funding of transgender issues increased eightfold during this time. From the Pritzker family, George Soros, Warren Buffett, and others. The Department of State has allocated over $30 million of taxpayers' money to advance this agenda. Planned Parenthood is now the second largest provider. Okay, folks, we're, we're going to go to break. We're going to come back with David Icke. But, I mean, look at that report Greg Reese just put out. And that's banned on YouTube, banned everywhere. We're not going to see that anywhere, but banned.video. It's so important. Castration Incorporated Planned Parenthood and the business of transgenderism. That needs to be seen by everybody on the planet, especially people with children being targeted by this post-human agenda. David Icke has been on the forefront as a vanguard exposing all this, and we'll talk to him in 60 seconds. Please tell... To an end report, it's Jones. Before the ones on the scene, there was David Icke. I remember he blasted on the scene in the early 1990s. He'd been a top uh, British broadcasting host of their morning shows, nighttime shows, sports programs. I mean, he was a mainstay uh, of the UK and really around the world, and then he had a, I guess, Saul on the road to Damascus moment, hit by that bolt of light, and 
suddenly saw a whole different paradigm view of the universe. And I would read the things David Icke was saying just a few years before I even got on air. And I thought, well, this is just too, too, you know, too far out. But then as I personally just researched from the news and from white papers and from what was admitted, as time went on, it more and more lined up with what David Icke had been saying as as the future became the present. And so I know this now. Whoever's running this, whatever it is, it's anti-human. And it's telling us humans are a disease and bad and we need to be taken off the planet. And that a post-human world is about to be here. And that only those that merge with machines will be part of the future. Now, Ray Kurzweil said that 30 years ago. And other transhumanists said that. That come out of the eugenics movement. That created the whole movement with the trans agenda. To give up our humanity. But as we go down this road and as it becomes out in the open, as it emerges, as David Icke said so long ago it would finally do, we learn that it is definitely poisonous. It's definitely making our lifespan go down. It's making us be completely mentally ill. It's causing us to have all these diseases. It's causing us to be hateful. It's causing suicide to explode. And everything they're doing, the white papers come out from Bayer Pharmaceutical and Monsanto and others that... They knowingly put out glyphosate to cause massive cancer in women. They knowingly put fluoride in the water to lower IQ and destroy fertility. It's now all admitted. They knowingly do all of this to stun us like a spider bites its prey, but just enough to stun it, then it winds it up, waits for the poison over the next few days to liquefy its insides, and then sucks it all out. Well, the spider is now moving towards us to finish the meal. And that's how David Ice described it as a spider at the center of the web. So I want to cover the waterfront today. He's been on hiatus, uh, writing books, making films. I was saying, hey, you haven't been on a couple of years. Why? He said, I've just had my head down. Well, he's here now and hopefully he'll come back again soon because two hours with the breaks is not enough to, to cover every angle. Now, now I didn't know where he'd go with hundreds of pieces of this puzzle, but he said the global corporate climate takeover and trans genderism as the gateway to transhumanism, which was in my stack as the first thing I was going to bring up, knowing how key it is without even talking to David. So we're on the same page there, but just big picture. Um, the, 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 the globalist Elon Musk was challenging this saying, beware those worship AI gods and they want to get rid of humans. Now he says, Oh, take brain chips. They're coming out next year. Put them in your kids. You're going to get to see the other dimensions. You'll be able to see these entities. And he's tweeting images of demons and owls. And this is a Silicon Valley cult that admits now that they believe that through DMT, they're in contact with these other realms and entities. So all of these things you talked about almost 30 years ago, are now coming to the surface, David Icke. So whether it's truly real or not, or whether it's some genetic mass hallucination with the inbred elites and a product of that, it's still real. So David Icke, that's my intro. DavidIcke.com, your new book uh, is out as well. I can't wait to read it. The Trigger, the explosive new book by David Icke, now available. Thank you so much for joining us. You'll have the floor for the next hour and 50 minutes. Where would you like to start? Well, Alex, uh, nice to talk to you again. Um, glad you're still going after all the, uh, all the bans, uh, et cetera. And we have to keep going because uh, it's starting to dawn on people for the first time 
in many cases that the scale of what's going on is absolutely vast. And so often people look at the news and they look at world events and they will research this or they research that, all of which needs doing. But there's still dots within a vast picture. And once you realize what that picture is, then all the dots fall into place. And I um, have this uh, phrase I use, know the outcome and you'll see the journey. And if we can uncover what the outcome is planned to be, then suddenly everything that happens daily in the world that appears to be, to most people, random and happening in and of itself, suddenly once you know what the planned outcome is, become very clear and blatant steps towards that um, outcome. And so if we uh, we look at the big picture, uh, and again, you know, as you say, I've been saying this for a very, very long time, and being ridiculed for it because, you know, if you're going to uh, be a, a relatively few and you are going to control billions and you are going to direct the society of billions you have to control the perceptions of the billions because from perception comes behavior you want to control behavior you control perception and how do you control perception how do we form perceptions we form perceptions from information received it could be a personal experience it could be the 10 o'clock news a facebook post it's information received. We form our perceptions. From our perceptions come our behavior. So in that sequence, first and foremost, control information. That's what all this censorship's about and all the bans and all the suppression. And it's also what the education system is about, which is a, uh, a massive perceptual programming operation which starts uh, at a very young age, continues through all the uh, formative years of young people. This is where all the woke stuff has come out of. And then continues through mainstream sources for the rest of a person's life. A human life is actually a perceptual download of the official version of everything. And the reason I say that in relation to what we're talking about is the narrow band of information, perception that we're given, what I call the postage stamp consensus, only allows for a tiny, tiny span of possibility. And if you stay within that postage stamp of possibility, the real world, mate, then you're... You're all right. You're intelligent. You are always oh, a good mind. Oh, yeah, he's an intelligent man. He is. But you step off that postage stamp and you start exploring information and areas of life um, and society that are beyond the postage stamp, i.e. people like me saying actually behind all this is a non-human force and postage stamp perception will, by reflex action, just like pressing enter on a computer... We'll defend the status quo. We've got to go to break, but before yeah, I'd even talk to you, we didn't do any pre-interview, David Icke, 
I said, I want you up front to go to the end. And as you're saying, it's critical to go to the end first. When we come back, I hope you'll go to the end and then we'll go back to the beginning as best your knowledge is. But now it's everybody knows this is a non-human force, whatever it is, and it's out to kill us. Uh, so we got 45 seconds. Please continue. So um, people like me, therefore, all these decades have been ridiculed and dismissed for uh, talking about a non-human force being behind all this. And, and a lot of people who've ridiculed me have been those that follow the Bible and talk about demons. You've got the Islamic um, belief system who talk about the jinn. You've got the, the Gnostics uh, belief system that talks about the archons. You've got the Zulu belief system that talks about the Chittahuri. Um, these are all different names for this non-human force. That's Stay there. Let's talk about the enemy when we come back with David Icke. Mainstream media, government cover-ups. You want to stop tyranny? Well, so does he. Live. Ladies and gentlemen, it is December 3rd, 2019 on this live worldwide broadcast. And David Icke is... Our guest here today, and he's got the floor here to talk about this non-human force that now has the planetary controllers openly saying they're building a post-human world, ladies and gentlemen, a post-human world, that humans are bad, and the environmental movement is going to save the earth from the humans, and that all that's going to be left is humans that give up their original form. David Icke, thank you for joining us. DavidIcke.com, please continue. Pleasure. Um, well, what I've been talking about for the best part of 30 years in terms of this subject is the fact that in, 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 and you can, you can track this in different cultures. This is one of the very compelling things about all this. When you look at the, the accounts and the legends and the stories uh, from different cultures uh, all around the world. This same common theme is there again and again and again under different names, but the theme is the same, that a non-human force uh, came in and started to hijack the human world. And um, their plan is to assimilate human consciousness into itself. And uh, so... You know, I um, I hear people talk about AI this and AI that and AI the other. I very rarely hear anyone say, but what is AI? What is it? Oh, it's artificial intelligence. Yeah, but what does that mean? There are different levels. Obviously, there's algorithmic artificial intelligence. There's what they call learning artificial intelligence. But what I've been saying for years and years and years is there's one level of this artificial intelligence that is actually the force that i'm talking about and so when you have um ray kurzweil as you've mentioned and others the utter fraud by the way elon musk we could talk about him a bit more later maybe um they 
um, and certainly Kurzweil talks about by 2030, he gives that that uh, time period. Humans will start to have their brains connected to AI. And the reason that they're so open about it is the sales pitch. The sales pitches will become superhuman. We will not. We will become subhuman and posthuman because once AI is connected to the human brain, um, and Kurzweil is very open about this, um, AI will do more and more and more of human thinking, he says, until human thinking as we know it now is negligible in the end, gone. And what I've just described, just by quoting him, is the assimilation of human consciousness, the end of the human mind as we know it. So instead of having to manipulate information to dictate perception, which dictates behavior, through this AI connection, there'll be no need for any of that because our thoughts and what pass for then our emotional responses will be coming direct this is what it's um, all about. And what's happened is um, what I call the totalitarian tiptoe step by step by step. Um, we have been infiltrated by artificial intelligence, which is doing more and more of what humans used to do, taking over more and more of human society. And, of course, people like me, um, I'm what, 67, born in 1952. I have a radar. I know what it was like before, and I can see what it's like now in comparison. The young people and the kids being born today, this is all they know. This is reality to them, this technological AI um, insanity. And uh, the idea was why they're targeting the young, why they've got the young um addicted to smartphones, which they hold, then addicted to things on their body like your smart watches and your Bluetooth and all the rest of it. And the next stage, which is already underway, getting in the body, this step by step by step, kitty, kitty, here, kitty, kitty, kitty technique is because the young people that they're targeting now will be the adults when they want to bring this in full blown. And they want the young um, so addicted to technology that they will accept the um, outcome because that, they've uh, got to get that, the next version and and let's let's talk about that because this is all admitted now you talked about it 30 years ago i talked about it 25 years ago it's all admitted that they're making humans obsolete and that the ai is already making all the decisions it doesn't ask it interfaces from the phone into your car tells you when you need gas even before the car blinks on and tells you you need gas uh, people don't know how to do math anymore. People don't know how to communicate. The language is shrinking. We're dying. This isn't empowering us like Elon Musk says it will. It's killing us. And he said just a few months ago, he said, the AI won't take over your brain right away and then started laughing. His eyes are all whacked out. His pupils are giant. Tim Cook's pupils are giant. Uh, I know a lot of military's already gotten brain chips. I told people that 15 years ago. It was declassified 10 years ago. Uh, from the intel I've got, a lot of these guys already have chips and are also on a lot of drugs, and that goes into the whole culture of Silicon Valley and convincing people to give up their humanity. Well, Elon Musk is a total fraud. I've been pointing him out for a long time. You know, when you come out and you say that uh, AI could be the end of humanity, brackets true, and then you start a company called Neuralink to connect the human brain to computers, when this smart grid 
um, which is what the human mind and technology and everything through the Internet of Things, etc., is is uh, designed to be connected to. This smart grid is absolutely essential to this AI takeover of the human mind. It's all connected. And um, if you are going to have a global uh, grid, a global uh, uh, bubble, uh, artificial bubble, which you are going to connect everyone to, then um, things like Wi-Fi and the, the Internet have to be on every inch of the planet. It has to be. No one excluded. That's the idea of this grid. This And, and this is uh, the site of the AI system that interfaces the humans and absorbs us. And Google admitted when they were founded 25 years ago, their plan was to build an AI human interface where we are part of the AI, just as Arthur C. Clarke envisioned. And then he wrote Childhood's End about us being uploaded into the mothership but giving up our bodies. And now they're saying Childhood's End is real and that that's the plan they want us to carry out. Yeah, I mean, this is this wasn't decided yesterday. Of course, it, it goes way, 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 way back um, into what we perceive as uh, as history. But w where I was going with this is that the only way you're going to cover the entire planet with the cloud, as Kurzweil calls it, is from space. And here we have the same Elon Musk through his SpaceX that's sending up all the satellites. Stay there, David Icke. You're on fire, David Icke. Crashing through the lies and disinformation, it's coming to you live from the front lines. I'm not normally standing on my feet when I have a guest on, but more and more I'm standing up during the broadcast to symbolize that... We're not in Kansas anymore. The fight for human consciousness, the war on for our mind is intensifying. David Icke is here. DavidIcke.com needs no introduction. He's laying out the total takeover, the post-human world, the addiction to the phones, the devices like a face sucker now entering our body. All the major sites, all the major tech companies are coming out with competing brain chips. Facebook, Google, they've already got the devices on our homes spying on us. Suddenly, they admit what we were telling you decades ago, that they would put these devices in your homes and then spy on you. And it's all admitted. Now they've moved on to brain chips for you and your family. Now pedophilia is being normalized. What's it all about? David Icke pioneered exposing the pedophilia running the British government and how it was spreading worldwide. Now that's all out in the open. I want him to lay it out for you here today and how we can reverse this. And there is a huge awakening. There isn't just evil in the universe. There's good. And so how do we expose this and fight this? And what is the good path into the future versus where this non-human, anti-human force wants to take us? Where is that place versus where we could go? David Icke. Well, I could just finish um, what I was saying before the break, uh, Alex, uh, about Elon Musk. If you're going to cover every inch of the planet with this cloud, which you're going to connect the human brain to, then you've got to do it from space. And it's Elon Musk again, who through SpaceX is putting all these satellites up. And there's, there's meant to be tens of thousands of them eventually that are beaming um, Wi-Fi and uh, 5G 
at the entirety of the planet. And the end game in all this is to create a technological sub-reality which um, humans are connected to and will be no more than computer terminals on this internet and the uh, this manufactured um, internet of control, the smart grid. And uh, one of the other things that I've been saying over the years um, is that this non-human force operates beyond the human frequency band. Because, again, if you just take the uh, postage stamp consensus version of possibility that we're given from cradle to grave, then people will think that when they look through their eyes, they're seeing everything there is in the space they're looking at. They're not. It's tiny, the band of frequency uh, that we have for visual sight. Tiny. According to um, mainstream science, the electromagnetic spectrum is 0.005% of what exists in the universe. Visible light, which is the only tiny band of frequency that we can see is a smear of the 0.005%. So the virtual entirety of existence in infinite existence is denied to us. We cannot see it because this vehicle will not decode it. It's like being tuned to a radio or television station and it can see and experience only that uh, station. I can't switch the channel. We can, but most people uh, don't. And this force is operating outside of the human frequency band. And so to manipulate within the human frequency band, they've had to create a network of bloodlines and secret societies to manipulate um, human society on behalf of this force. And this is what the Satanists are interacting with in their rituals. They're interacting with this uh, uh, non-human force operating outside the human frequency band. And so when people talk about bloodlines, and of course royalty uh, goes back. Well, I mean, royalty. What, what is royalty? Oh, it's bloodline. All right. What's aristocracy? Oh, it's bloodline. What does that mean? Oh, it means they interbreed. Yeah, but why do they interbreed? Why have these bloodlines been uh, so obsessed with interbreeding since the ancient world, for a long time, they called it royal and aristocratic. They still do in Britain, staggeringly. We have a head of state in Britain, the Queen, and her uh, Adams family uh, uh, children. And, David, let me briefly interject on this. We now know what was hypothesized hundreds of years ago, that birds, insects, but also humans have uh, cone cells uh, in the brain that are able to pick up the magnetic line. So that's how geese can fly north uh, in the summer, south in the winter. That's how hummingbirds can fly from North America 3,000 miles, 4,000 miles to South America along those magnetic lines. And so the royalty is interbreeding to, again, develop receptors in the brain that are already there but to intensify those to pick up a certain interdimensional frequency. And the reason I say this is studying skull and bones, reading secret documents that uh, Anthony Sutton got uh, from... Um, Charlotte Isserby and others, 
that's why they're doing this. They believe, you know, they, they call it spiritualism, that they're interfacing with these entities. Uh, but really, it's, again, just electromagnetic through this uh, galactic Internet. And, and you're absolutely right that now the globalists admit that they are communicating with entities more and more. And they're rolling it out at the university research level. And people taking DMT and other drugs intravenously are going in and now mapping these dimensions. And now they're trying to externalize that method that I heard about when I was a kid, because I just happened to be at a dinner table with some researchers that had been involved in it, and they were telling my parents about it. I'm just going to leave it at that. But I'm a kid hearing about this, and it just sounds completely fantastical. Then you forget about it for a long time. But my parents had some friends that were in research science in San Francisco, and that seems to be one of the main epicenters of the research in this post-human world. So you're talking about all this, but now they say they want a post-human world. Now they say humanity is about to be obsolete, NBC News. They now say we're going to merge the machines. They now say that we are the robots. So, so yes, this is their admitted plan. So I wanted to ask you, why are they now suddenly admitting so much of the plan after denying it for so long? And as you said, they're putting in the 5G systems that literally will slowly kill our humanity while they control us as biological androids. Well, the, the, what they've done with the um, the technological agenda is that they are selling it as a wonderful thing. You know, um, the, the, the more and more we allow technology to become part of us, the, uh, the more we'll be like gods and all this nonsense. It's the sales pitch. They're tr- see, there comes a point where you can't hide it anymore because it's so obvious. So you, for a long time, you keep your plan secret because you don't want to give people a long period of um, preparation to, of knowing where it's going. To form a resistance. Honestly, yeah. So what? So what? What you then do is you get close to your end game, and when you get close to your end game, so many things are going into place that really anyone with half a brain cell on active duty could see it. So what you do when it becomes visible, because it has to be if it's going to become what society is, then you start selling it as a good thing and a wonderful thing. This is this is what the why we've had this uh, this uh, shift. It's selling this uh, Orwellian technological nightmare as a a wonderful thing. And one what I, I tell you a, 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 another part of this. Um, the, the Green Party in Britain had its conference a few uh, weeks ago, and some people in the Green Party, only a few, unfortunately, um, wanted a debate at that conference on 5G. And the Green Party hierarchy turned it down. And when uh, one or two of the people protested outside that this debate had been denied, a security guard came out and said that if they didn't go away, that they'd call the police. Now, this is where uh, the green movement has gone now. It's become the climate. By the way, you you were the leader of that, what, 30-something years ago. Stay there, David Icke. When we come back, we're going to lay this out, the compartmentalization and where the globalist endgame goes, the post-human endgame. Even if you don't believe it's aliens, folks, or interdimensionals, whatever you want to call them, the globalists say the post-human world's here and that you're all dead and I'm dead while they slowly kill us. Well, I'm angry and I'm awake and I'm going to do something about it. What are you going to do? David Icke's our guest, David Icke.com.
If you are receiving this transmission, you are the resistance. This is not a simulation. This is not a drill. Or as I've said, the simulation is real. That all these big top CEOs, the head of Bank of America came out two years ago and said, this is all a simulation. Something's holding it in place. We're enslaved by something. And they've got the dark matter studies and the mathematic equation showing that there's a force many times more powerful than this reality holding it in place artificially. What's really going on? I read David Icke books, I don't know, like 26, 27 years ago, where he was talking about just that. So whatever humans can theoretically think of, we, we end up finding out actually exists. What what a wild universe. Who are the players? Well, the ruling class have a good idea who the players are, and they're keeping us a, a, away from knowing that. But all the ancient cultures and, and the Bible, the Old and New Testament give you a pretty clear idea, and it matches up with what other cultures said. And now, towards the end game, world government, mark of the beast, the Chinese communist social score, the UN came out, it's in Reuters today, and said the Chinese communists are running the global standardization of face scanning for a world ID to access the Internet. And all this stuff's been building very slowly, but now more's happening in a week than what happened in six months. Then more's going to happen in a day than what happened in a year. It's a quickening. It's an acceleration. David Icke's here. Now, listen, you need to get his books. They'll definitely get people thinking. I'm not even saying I agree with all of it, but I'm very, very open to it because I respect David Icke. And I'd say about 90% of what he's talked about has turned out to be accurate. He is a maverick, a man before his time. That's coming to you from somebody who's a man before his time. Obviously, you're an audience of activists before your time. We aren't just following globalist scripts. We are the vanguard, and we need to remember that. And understand that. So the trigger, the explosive new book by David Icke is available at davidike.com. We'll talk more about that in the next hour with him. Please don't forget, because they know as their plan emerges, as it all gets admitted, world government, pedophilia as the world religion, vampirism, Satanism out in the open. As all of this comes out, as the Epstein comes out, as all the royal family devil worship comes out, the uh, Jimmy Savelle stuff comes out, as it all comes out, our credibility's got to go up. So they've got to have a silenced or a forgotten or, or, or they need to silence us so they can build a straw man and put words in our mouth. But we're not silenced. David Icke isn't silenced. So David, please continue with the big agenda, where they're taking us and, and how we counter it. And then I want to get into the, the, the Satanism, the pedophilia, the royal family, because you've been a trailblazer exposing that. Yeah. Well, as I was saying before the break, um, the Green Party uh, doesn't want to know. Um, and the, the climate cult in general, uh, which is what the Green Party has become, unfortunately. Um, they uh, don't want to know about challenging 5G and this whole technological agenda. And, and the break interrupted you, and so did I. Go back to the, the, some people wanted to raise it at the conference, so they were threatening to call the police on them. The, the, the environmentalists now want radiation. They want 5G. Uh, uh, top environmentalists say get rid of humans. Uh, radiation's good. Well, the reason that um, they are supporting this stuff is that it is being sold to them as a way of overcoming climate change and saving the planet. Um, and this whole climate hoax is a fundamental key to the justification of almost everything. Um, not 
just um, this whole technological agenda, but what goes with it, which is the centralization of global power over the fine detail of our lives. And so you need a excuse to centralize power to dictate the fine detail of people's lives. And this climate hoax is what they've chosen to do it through. So if you um, start looking now as this um, climate cult uh, agenda uh, gets faster and faster and more expansive, all the different elements that um, this cult wants, the big cult uh, wants, the global cult wants, are being justified by saving the planet from climate change, not least massive centralization of power. And what's happened, and, and we'll go back to this postage stamp consensus, recent generations have had that postage stamp squeezed and squeezed as they've gone through the um, the education system or what passes for it. And not only have they had their perceptions of reality, the world, etc., downloaded, there has been a political agenda um, relating not least to the climate cult and all that they want to unfold because of it that's been going through the schools. The, the uh, sexuality, the gender agenda is going through the schools as well, being forced on uh, kids. And what we're now seeing... It's totally massive in public schools, private schools, colleges, down to uh, five-year-olds in kindergarten, uh, teaching children to masturbate, uh, sexualizing them, men in girls' restrooms. Uh, what is the end game of this full-on assault? Well, this, this, this is um, all um, an expression of this squeezing of the postage stamp. They are indoctrinating and uh, manipulating the minds of the young to have a... Uh, a perception of reality that absolutely suits where they want the world um, to go. And therefore, in the end, the um, young people come out of the education system and they become um, adults and they go into things like politics. There's no uh, greater example of an outcome of this programming than um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her Green New Deal. What the Green New Deal is demanding and what the um, Extinction Rebellion organization that shuts streets in, in London and around the world is demanding, which is the same, is the centralization of power over every area of people's lives on the, the basis of um, saving the planet. And they admit that AI will manage and watch every human activity to save the Earth. So it's a global problem, a global solution, a global tax with global surveillance to then selectively cut off individuals and groups' energy that don't comply with all the other demands of the social credit score. Yeah, and it's it's all um, a, a, a mind game. It's all about um, manipulating and imposing a perception because from perception comes everything else so when you're trying to um manipulate the young and crucially not least this is happening through the climate hoax um divide the young from older people another level another fault line of divide and rule so you bring in a young person greta thunberg and you um, turn her into some kind of uh, martyr god. 
uh, so, who calls on kids around the world to strike over um, the climate. And, and they she's very up- Hitlerian, big, huge, creepy murals. And you better do this. We're going to make you pay for what you've done to us. But the idea is you get a young person to focus the attention of young uh, people. And uh, I, for me, um, Greta Thunberg has been extraordinarily abused and go on, goes on being abused and oh, yes. uh, exploited um, um, by using her, um, and that's the form of abuse I'm talking about, by using her as a, 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 a political tool to bring about um, an agenda. So all this is going on, and uh, the um, the outcome is designed to be a global Marxist stroke fascist. And let's state. go to that. Let's talk about where they're taking us in the end game, where they admit they're taking us, and how we counter that in this next hour with David Ike of DavidIke.com. His new book, The Trigger. I can't wait to read it. You should get it. You should give it to friends and family. You should wake people up. That's the number one mission. It's not work. It's it's the animating contest of liberty. It's survival. That's the sound that a group of humans can make together. That's beautiful. We are an amazing species. But there are dark forces in this universe that seek to enslave us force us to merge with their silicon system it's now out in the open can you believe it's all out in the open now when will the creatures step out from behind the shadows or will they ever there's no doubt about it ladies and gentlemen they're keeping babies alive they're selling their organs there's a world government there's an attack on the family this is a short segment, long segment coming up. David, before we go any further, because you never do this when you come on, I haven't read your book yet. I've read many of your books. I'm going to get your book, The Trigger. It's got the Twin Towers blowing up on the cover. I can guess what the book's about, but tell us about the book. Tell us where you've been, because uh, I usually do a lot of conferences and speeches. I know you've cut way back the last year and a half, and we've all missed you. So to, to spend a few minutes on David Icke. Well, I've been doing uh, internet videos all the time, as I do, but um, I... Um, been writing a book. I've almost finished another one since this one uh, came out. Um, and uh, I set about um, doing an update on a book I wrote about 9-11 uh, called Alice in Wonderland and the World Trade Center Disaster. It came out in um, September 2002. And I set about just doing an update. And within two weeks, I thought, <laughs> this is not going to be an update. This is going to be a whole blank sheet of paper. And um, I put together this massive work, which is in uh, two parts. The first, uh, and it's not just about 9-11, but that's the theme. Um, The first part of it demolishes the official story of 9-11, which is an absolute joke and an insult to the families who lost loved ones on 9-11. An absolute insult. And in the second half of the book, I tell an amazing story leading to who actually did... um, uh, do 9-11, who was really um, centrally uh, orchestrating 9-11. And it wasn't 19 hijackers that couldn't fly one-engine Cessnas. And it's a story that uh, goes back to the 17th century and the creation of a cult called Sabbateanism, 
uh, through a guy called um, uh, Zabatai Zevi. And um, uh, in, in the next century, a, a guy came along. He, he claimed to be a, a Jewish messiah. Uh, in the next century, along came a guy called Jacob Frank, who said he was the reincarnation of Zevi and the biblical patriarch Jacob. And Sabbateanism became Sabbatean Frankism. And um, what it um, is, is an inversion of uh, Judaism. What it does, it takes, um, for instance, if in Judaism uh, it's a day of fasting, then in Sabbatean Frankism it's a day of feasting. These Sabbatean Frankists hate Jewish people, but they hide behind them. And um, I follow how uh, their great technique is infiltration. They'll infiltrate, say, the Jewish community. They'll infiltrate, as they did, the um, Islamic community. They'll infiltrate the Christian community. And they'll appear to be advocates of that religion or that culture while um, working towards the agenda of this cult, Sabbatean Frankism. And its, it's public name is, is the ADL today, correct? Well, that's one expression of it. That's one expression of it. It's got a vast global network now, which um, made it able to manipulate um, 9-11. The core of the CIA and the American deep state is the Sabbatean Frankist uh, uh, death cult um, and in other places around the world, too. I'll tell you a a quick story, um, if I've got time before the break. Weren't a lot of the Nazis part of the Sabbatean cult? Oh, absolutely. It's all connected. Um, and um, Sabatai Zevi operated in the Ottoman Empire, the Islamic Ottoman Empire, and um, he was told by the Sultan that he either um, converted to Islam or they would sort him out, um, if you know what I mean. So he converted, and a lot of his followers, because by that time in the 17th century, he had a million followers. Hold on, and they, listen, let's get more into this. This is really important to yeah, Wow. To David Icke's our guest. We're back in 60 seconds. Waging war on corruption. Coming to you live from the front lines of the Info War. Well, you never know where David Icke will go next, but it's always intriguing and very informative. I said, what's your new book, The Trigger? Because I haven't read it yet. And uh, just came out, and he's plunged into it. A uh, bizarre death cult that I'm aware of, and I'm aware of it being very powerful, and I'm aware of some of those folks interfacing with the Islamics, interfacing with multiple groups, and he was laying that out. So so finish up there, then I want to cut right to the chase with with the off-world or interdimensional uh, systems that the globalists admit they're interfacing with, why they do the occult rituals, why they hurt children, the energy of children, the different levels of it, why they're externalizing the hierarchy or the method right now, and then how we counter it with David uh, David Icke here with us at David Icke. Doc. David Icke, I was talking during the break, he said, oh yeah, he's massively shadow banned, massively blocked. His videos still get millions of views online, and that's when they're shadow banned. So very important, everybody realize this is not a spectator sport. We're all in this together, and your human intelligence promoting the interviews, promoting the local stations, that's how we circumnavigate the censors. Uh, so I want to thank the viewers again. Uh, David, finishing up with your uh, book, uh, The Trigger, that I'm definitely going to read, uh, tell us more about it. So this um, Sabbatai Zevi, uh, who claimed to be the Jewish Messiah, um, who ran this Sabbatean cult that was um, an inversion of Judaism, 
Um, he was given the choice by the Sultan in the Ottoman Empire of convert to Islam or, or it's over. So he converted and a, a large number of his followers converted. They became known as the Donma or Donme, which means to turn. And they outwardly um, claimed to be followers of Islam, but they were Sabbateans, um, which is a, a, a satanic cult. Um, and I follow through uh, one stream of this Donma, and guess where it led? The Saudi royal family. And it led to another Sabbatean called um, Wahab, who, with the British Empire and the House of uh, Saud, um, which the uh, Wahhabi's daughter married into, we get Wahhabism. This head-chopping, ISIS, um, extreme version of um, Islam, which is being used, of course, to create mayhem um, in the Middle East. You follow other streams of this Sabbatean uh, Frankist cult, uh, and it infiltrated the Roman Catholic Church. It was the force, because the Rothschilds are Sabbatean Frankists, um, it was the force behind the creation of Israel. I have a, um, a chapter in the book called Atlantic Crossing, where I show how this cult moved in on the United States. It's in Britain, and um, it's, the, uh, it's an expert in infiltration. It will appear as anything it wants to um, infiltrate, and people will believe that, yeah, they really believe in whatever they claim to be, but they're working behind the scenes um, as the Donmet, the, um, the infiltrators. And uh, the deep state in America, at its core, is controlled by these Sabbatean Frankists. Um, and the uh, Israeli government, I'm not talking about Jewish people. I mean, I've said in the book about three times, no one needs to read this book more urgently than Jewish people to see how they've been scammed by these infiltrators. Well, well, let's pull back from that because we know the Rothschilds are trying to put Netanyahu in prison. That's certainly going on. So there's major splits and and uh, power groups and and things going on. And then we know that the Rothschilds helped found Israel. But then we get the internal WikiLeaks documents uh, where now Soros wants to have a big cataclysm and have it fall, and then out of that comes world government. This is biblical type revelation stuff. Well, can I can I just say a few? Things yes, please about go ahead. That? By the way, I, I want to bring this uh, from where I am now into what we've been talking about, the, the smart group. I, you know, I, I, um, I follow this through in the book and I explore this in the book. And this is what I conclude, that this uh, apparent division between those that run Israel and George Soros is an absolute frickin' myth. They are playing two sides against the center. We have a, a, a situation where Soros is funding the left uh, through the Open Society Foundations. He's funding all the woke. He's funding all the mass uh, um, immigration um, um, uh, agenda. And on the other side, they're funding the right. And it's a simple, simple, classic Sabbatean uh, Frankist technique. Control both sides. Well, so that's the Rothschilds would always fund all the, both sides of a war. They admitted that. So, exactly. And other groups have done that as well. So let's, the British Empire was good at that. So let's pull back here then. Let me ask you this question. Why, one other thing. Uh, yeah, go ahead. In, 
in the in the in the the the, the closing chapters of the book, I look at where the Sabbatean Frankist um, agenda is going, and um, I, I, most people won't know this, but the second Silicon Valley in the world now is Israel, and it's based on a place called Beersheba, which is a military cyber complex, vast. Um, and if you go on the Internet and criticize Israel, there's a very good chance that the abuse that comes back will have a uniform. We'll be wearing a uniform out of Beersheba. Just have a whole but cyber let's expand army. on that because because I see through AOC and all these groups and, and the four and all that also. A, and I understand people can play both sides, but there's also a real anti-Israel, anti-Jew sentiment from the left and on the universities. I mean, those people hate Jews. That's weird, David. Uh, his his, his Skype broke up only just then. Did, did did you hear my question? You can see that it's frozen. No, can't hear. Us. Let's uh, reconnect with uh, David Ike right now and, and get his uh, take on that. You got to love Skype, especially since Microsoft bought it three years ago. It's gone nothing but downhill. It must have so much technology it used to get better, and now it just stays the same or it gets worse. Absolutely uh, annoying. And again, we go into everything. We look at everything here, and it's all very interesting, and people need to discuss it. We need to talk about it. Oh, do we have David back now? Uh, David, I can you hear me? All right, what we're going to do is we're going to go to break. And we're going to figure this out. We have to get him on the telephone. We'll do that because I'm not going to do a 30-minute mess with the Skype ritual. Uh, it's just not going to happen today. Uh, but again, David Icke is uh, our guest. All I know is the globalists are anti-human, and communist China has been uh, officially set up to standardize the model of dehumanization and enslavement, and that's in Reuters today. That's where I was going next. Uh, and I don't want to live like I live in communist China. And so I don't care who's running it or what's behind it. Uh, I just simply know there is a race by all these countries and all these corporations to build this total surveillance grid that absolutely ends independent human activity and is being used to enslave us and kill us. And it's wrong and it's dangerous. So we're going to work on David Icke's uh, Skype or our Skype, find out what the hell's going on. And we're going to have him finish uh, up what he's trying to get into. Then I want to get into big picture, the off world, you know, uh, the demons of the, of the Bible. I mean, because the globalists follow these, they worship these. That's why I really wanted David on, because he's been vindicated. The royal family, what's coming out, what's happened with Prince Andrew? Why is he in trouble when Prince Charles was best buddies uh, with uh, Jimmy Savelle and so much more? Back in just a few minutes with David Ike of DavidIke.com. We'll finish up talking about his book, uh, The Trigger, and then we'll get into so much more straight ahead. With the one, the only, David Ike, talking about his book, The Triggering, or The Trigger. And uh, he had a Skype problem, or we had a Skype problem, who knows. Finish up with what you were getting to, and then I want to get into the fact that we know the globalists are conducting occult rituals. Why they're doing it, the pedophilia, why they're coming out with it, why they're admitting it, why they're promoting it. And, and where they want to take us versus what we can do to stop this agenda. And, and what you think the timeline is. Uh, David, because you've been a big trailblazer, I want you to you know tell us what you think's coming next. Because they now admit world government, post-human future, uh, really nightmare stuff that's all over the news. They're just telling us roll over and die, and I, I really don't want to do that. So please continue. 
Yeah, I was just saying uh, before the, uh, the Skype broke up that um, uh, there's a chapter in the trigger of, of um, when this Sabatier and Frankist cult moved in on America. And when you look at uh, 9-11, you can see how this cult was the cement that um, pulled the whole thing together so that the CIA were involved, the Pentagon was involved, the uh, government was involved, uh, the FBI was involved, because um, this cult works like that. It infiltrates all these different cultures, all these different agencies, and uh, through those connections, it works as one unit. And uh, when you uh, look at the um, ultra-Zionist um, involvement in 9-11, before, during, and after, it is absolutely staggering. Um, you know, the Jewish population of the world is 0.2%. Um, and the part of that community that I'm talking about is a tiny fraction of 0.2%, a tiny fraction of 2% of the American Jewish population. And yet, um, their uh, positions of um, influence and control across 9-11 were just beyond belief. Now, that is not a statistical chance. That is because um, there's something to look at. And I expose it all in, um, in the trigger. And that's not to say the Jews did 9-11. They didn't. The vast majority of Jewish people have no idea they've been infiltrated, that the, the Islamic community don't realize they've in, been infiltrated. Christian Zionism in America doesn't realize it's been infiltrated. Um, but this is how the Roman Church doesn't realize at a, at a follower level that it's been infiltrated. But it has by this same um, uh, through the centuries um, uh, death cult. And um, they um, are, as I was saying, um, in Israel. And again, I say again, it's the Sabbatee and Frankist cult that, that actually is the force running Israel. They've created this vast military cyber center at Beersheba. And all around that cyber center are uh, research and development facilities put there by the major Silicon Valley companies. And um, they um, are turning out the technicians and the developers of this smart grid. They have an entire system um, in Israel whereby they are scanning the schools, they're scanning the universities, and then when they come into their um, conscripted military service, they're looking at those that have this um, capacity, this aptitude for um, cyber expertise, and they are putting them into this cyber development center at Beersheba. And then they're going off into Silicon Valley companies, creating their own um, uh, uh, startup companies, all to do with the smart grid. And they're representatives of this Mossad um, network. And um, that's why uh, if you uh, look again at um, Jeffrey Epstein, um, he was running a uh, a, a Mossad CIA, Sabatee and Frankist, was the connection, um, blackmail operation on, on the rich and famous. Why? Because once they got you, then you will make decisions that this cult wants making to advance its agenda. Um, so um, it's well, I'm glad I brought that up, and I definitely want to read the book. It's all fascinating. Uh, mainstream, mainstream media have absolutely ignored it. They usually attack me 
They usually demonize me. They have completely ignored it. And that takes, tells you something. Well, please come back again and get into the whole book. We'll spend two hours on it, and I can't wait to okay. read it. Uh, now, we've got limited time left here. It's Paul Watson's host of the fourth hour, and I appreciate you've been gracious with your time, uh, David. Let's start getting into the post-human endgame and the uh, off-world or, or non-human element from your research, culturally looking at this, getting deep into it. I think basically everyone knows this is an anti-human agenda. It isn't just humans doing this. There's a master plan. It's very old. It's The globalists say they're in contact with interdimensionals. That's, you know, Joe Rogan's whole show is about how great it is and how wonderful it all is and how we should interface with these little friendly folks. If you say they're bad, then you're crazy. It doesn't exist and you're nuts. But if you love it and it's good, well, we should all just do what these little elves tell us to do. Uh, but, but, but what's really going on here? Who are the globalists? What do they believe they're doing? Why is the British royalty showing to the occult? Why is Prince Charles, you know, angry at his brother for an underage girl, which is bad, but meanwhile he hangs out with Jimmy Savelle, we know does far worse things. Isn't Prince Andrew kind of the limited hangout right now? Well, you see, over the last 30 years, I, I, I've, I've researched so many subjects, and, and as you research them, they connect and they show you a picture. So as you follow these interbreeding bloodlines, which came out of the, the ancient world, particularly out of the, the Middle East, out of Babylon, out of Sumer, out of Egypt and up into Europe and then uh, worldwide through the uh, colonization of the world. Um, you uh, follow uh, not just a sequence of interbreeding, um, because once uh, the, you know, ironically, but but that's the way it works. Once the uh, world in general started rejecting overt rule by royalty, um, these bloodlines went into the dark suit professions. They went into politics, into banking, into business, in, in, and all this uh, network. And when you follow these bloodlines through history, uh, two other things follow, Satanism and pedophilia. Um, because these um, entities, we take pedophilia, these entities operating outside of human sight, they feed off human energy. You remember um, in the Matrix movies when the Morpheus character held up the battery and said the machines have turned us into one of these, um, a, 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 an, yes. an energy source. Well, that's that's what they do. And, and the energy um, that they want in, in humans in general is what I call low vibrational emotional energy. They want uh, energy we give off, because we're giving it off all the time in the terms of electromagnetic frequency, depending on our state of emotion and our state of mind. Uh, they want um, the energy of depression, the energy of fear, the energy of anxiety, uh, sexual energy in its uh, more extreme form. This is what they want. And they structured society so that humans give them that energy, but their nectar, if you like, the energy they want more than anything is the energy of, of prepubescent children. And that's and how so they throw it in our face with Monster University. Oh, scaring the energies, what powers the monster kingdom. You're talking about this 30 years ago, but that's literally what they're doing. And terrorizing and torturing and using up a child is their ambrosia. And it's what they do in the satanic rituals. But, um, this is why they, you know, if you go back in... Um, in, into history and, and when they were openly sacrificing people 
What were they doing? The, the, what was the line? Sacrificing young virgins Let's to the Let's stay gods. there. Let's talk about it. Live from Freedom Command Central. Gentlemen, David Icke is our guest. Uh, David, it's it, it's all coming out. G you know, Jimmy Savelle and the Dungeons and the Dead Children and the Royal Family and Best Buddies with Prince Charles. But then Prince Andrew, who I'm not defending, is obviously, you know, with this underage 17, 16-year-old girl. There's blackmail going on, and it's obviously a deep state fight with each other as now they're threatening to have videos come out of other world leaders, uh, Bill Gates is involved, uh, all these other people. Epstein was running meetings on a alternate world government is what the Wall Street Journal reported. Twelve years ago, we covered it. And what the Guardian reported, oh, an alternate world government to save the world from overpopulation. Oprah Winfrey, Bill and Melinda Gates, uh, Ted Turner, and others meeting secretly with Jeffrey Epstein at the Albert Einstein Institute. And then now Bill Gates living with, you know, staying with him in France, staying with him in, in, in New York, staying with him in the Caribbean, trying to cover that up. And then weird secret breeding programs and, you know, the ranch with the medical facilities. What in the hell is going on with these people? And why are there so many dead bodies of children found around the royals? And from your research, why is all this starting to come out? I mean, the deputy pope. The Pope's best buddy just convicted of trafficking over 100 kidnapped little boys, barely made the news. Uh, 3,000 priests busted uh, in Pennsylvania, uh, barely made the news. They said, well, we're, it wasn't just homosexual sex or pedophilia. They were doing satanic rituals in the churches, but it barely makes the news. So this is bigger than I thought it was. What in the hell is going on? Sabatine Frankism. Uh, you've covered every base with that. That's what this what this cult does. That's why Epstein uh, was involved, um, and uh, Jimmy Savile um, was uh, someone who had a lot of connections into this as well. And so there's no way that Savile wasn't running a because um, he was one of the thing that's not come out about Savile um, is the scale of um, the way he was providing uh, children for the rich and famous, just like um, Epstein was. And you've got to ask this question, you see. I mean, let's let's do a little law of statistics for a minute. You've got one family um, in London in a big palace, and you've got um, on one side of the ocean um, the most famous paedophile and uh, procurer of children and child trafficker in America, Epstein, and he's a friend of Prince Andrew. And then you've got in Britain the most famous paedophile and procurer of children for the rich and famous, necrophiliac, de uh, sex with dead bodies, and all that stuff that he was into, Savile. And he was a bosom buddy for decades of Prince Charles. And according to Savile's own um, words, he, he was introduced uh, into the, um, the, the bosom inner circle of the British royal family in the 1960s. He was just a disc jockey. Why would the royals be in, uh, interested in him? Well, he says that he was introduced by a guy called Lord Mountbatten, uh, a big member of the royal family. And um, I've been saying in my books for years that Mountbatten was pedophile. 
And uh, there was a book came out this year, which was quoting Freedom of Information Act uh, documents from the FBI, in which they were also talking about um, uh, the uh, fact that um, there were claims that uh, Mountbatten was a paedophile. So a paedophile member of the royal family introduces Savile, this procurer of children for the rich and famous, into the royal family in a sanctum. He's there for decades. And by the way, he was actually used as a mediator between Prince Charles and um, uh, Lady Diana um, when um, their marriage was breaking down. He was acting as a mediator, this disc jockey paedophile. Uh, and uh, so the chances of, of that being a coincidence, of course, are ludicrous. And we have a situation in Britain where um, the police um, have not even acted or questioned this guy, Andrew, on the basis of what was claimed to have happened in a house in London. And by the way, getting back to the whole Sabbatean angle, uh, you've got the the girlfriend of, of uh, Epstein, her dad was the famous uh, British-slash-Israeli intelligence operative who admittedly ran uh, giant rings uh, uh, for sex operations and pedophilia. That's all even come out in mainstream news. So this is just Bob an incredible Maxwell. nest of this. Bob Maxwell is actually in the trigger because um, the, the um, Sabatier and Frankist um, Israeli Mossad have been um, manipulating uh, the cyber world all along. And you'll remember this um, uh, technology called Promise that was brought out by an American company. And then the, um, the American government, uh, in league with Mossad, put back doors into it. So when it was uh, being bought by all and sundry around the world, they had access to it. Well, according to Victor Ostrovsky, who was um, a Mossad agent, wrote a couple of books. In, oh, yeah, we've um, had him on the show. Yeah. Well, he um, uh, was saying that um, Bob Maxwell, who was a big uh, newspaper publisher in Britain, he owned the Daily Mirror at one point. I, I interviewed him once for the BBC, one of the most unpleasant pieces of work I've ever met in my life. I needed a shower when I left. Um, anyway, he um, is named by Ostrovsky as, um, as a Mossad agent who made a fortune selling the promise backdoor software all over the world. And uh, according to uh, him, uh, it was Mossad that uh, killed um, uh, 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 Maxwell on his boat, the Lady Ghislaine. And so here you, you have this, uh, what I would strongly suggest is a Sabatier and Frankist Mossad agent, Epstein, um, in league with the daughter of a Mossad agent, Bob Maxwell. The, the, it's a very small world once you start... Um, Putting the pieces together. Yeah, but if you dig into his funeral in Israel, they admitted that he was a super spy and got the highest honors. That's that's not even secret about Bob Maxwell. Yeah, he was buried on the Mount of Olives, wasn't he? Yeah, and they, they, I mean that, that's just a fact. So, I mean, it's yeah. a fact that this was a giant uh, trifecta between British, U.S., and Israeli intelligence. And so, again, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, all of them. We know that. Um, we know that Oprah Winfrey's highly compromised and likes girls. And it's just a fact. And so these people know they're being set up. It's like part of the club. It's the initiation. It's not like it's not like Bill Gates and all of them just didn't know this was going on. They're going there to, to just to bathe in the waters. And that's just how you get in the club. Yeah. And of course, um, when you get into this club, if you are among the rich and famous, 
then um, you're not only in the club, you're compromised um, ongoing. And therefore, you do what the club tells you to do. Otherwise, it's revealed. Um, and uh, so when um, this Epstein network um, started getting close, because, you know, you've got to take your, hold your hand up to these girls who've been particularly um, Virginia Roberts, who's been vociferous in standing up and not bowing to it, to the pressure, um, that um, it was in danger of, um, of unraveling in public. Then, of course, you... You have to remove. Um, well, I'm not uh, saying Virginia Roberts is bad, and I believe her. She's got the. Pr I'm I'm saying 16, 17 year old girls is a limited hangout. We all yeah, know not, that. I mean, my God, it, it's it's chopping children's heads off. It's drinking their blood. I'm not. I'm not saying that uh, you're saying that um, it, uh, Virginia Roberts is. Um, no, no, I'm not, I, no, no, no. I'm not saying you're saying that. I'm saying as soon as I say that's nothing, they're only focusing on that because that's a limited hangout to divert off the really horrible Satanism. Well, well, what they always do when something comes out is they they try to make that the holding position. Um, and so what's happened with uh, Prince Andrew is the Queen. Trump ads that were going to run tens of millions of times were pulled by Google. And then it turns out it was done over the summer. Folks, I live this every day. I read the news like nobody else probably. And they have been hitting hundreds of congressional candidates and members of Congress. They've been going after governors, state reps. It's been a reign of terror. Last week they wouldn't let Melania Trump images be sent out saying it was hate speech. Ladies and gentlemen, this is beyond censorship. It's total information control. It has to all go through a filter, and that's what AI allows, is what I call information singularity. Not empowering information, but holding it all in like the one ring of Mordor. Trump must act now or they will steal this election. I miss Long Beach and I miss you, babe. I miss dancing with you the most of all. Well, somebody must be intercepting the emails we sent to David Icke because I've been trying to get him on for two years. He, th he remembers like one email and he couldn't come on. He was busy. Uh, so I definitely you're going to hear David here on the show more uh, and we appreciate him uh, coming on. Uh, but there's all sorts of stuff that does go on. We have had our email intercepted and blocked before. That's why I tell the crew more and more we got to pick the phone up and call people because there's a lot of weirdness going on with the AI with the control systems, with the shadow banning. I remember just six months ago, they were on CNN going, well, let's see if Jones has WhatsApp on Facebook to privately communicate. They go, he doesn't, but thousands of other nationalists do ban them. And they banned people from using private messengers like we're Al-Qaeda or something. David Ike's here. He's doing this segment, the next little short segment that Paul Watson takes over uh, from the UK. He's loaded for bear as usual. Uh, but... David, I, and I don't mind that we swerved off into your book. I didn't know what it was about. It's very interesting. I, I look forward to uh, reading it. And I actually got to get it. I'm going to read it. I've read many of your books. Uh, the, the page turners, thought provoking. That's what's important. But there's no doubt there's a system that's killing us, that's dumbing us down, that's taking us out of humanity, out of love, out of justice, and that is turning us against each other and that says humans are bad 
teaching us to hate ourselves, teaching us to have a post-human world uh, while they wreck the planet itself and override it with genetic engineering uh, and the chem trailing, and, and which they now admit they're doing, and all the rest of the craziness. So what's going to be admitted next? You have the CIA director come out and say, yeah, we're doing exactly what people said we are, but it's secret. Uh, what's coming next from these globalists? And what's their t total end game? I mean, I mean, I mean, I think it's just get rid of humans altogether is what they're saying publicly now. I mean, how fantastical is that? And then how do we, how do we counter this? Well, they're going to be more and more open. They're going to have to be more and more open because what they're doing, um, is being introduced. Uh, and I, along with um, trying to sell it uh, in a positive way, as I talked about earlier, um, another um, side story to being open about it is to actually, in effect, say, well, what are you going to do about it? We've got the power now, nothing you can do. And they are going to try to um, take the power away from people by telling them that they have all the power. And so people go, well, what's the point? There's no point. You can't stop them. They're too powerful. They're not. They have to persuade us that they're powerful, and then they can be powerful because we believe they are. There's billions and billions of uh, humans. The number of people in um, full knowledge of what they're doing um, in terms of this cult is tiny. And uh, this is why they are um, desperate for people not to understand um, the nature of reality for a start. That's why it's all been suppressed, because they know how reality works. They know this is not a solid world. I mean, quantum physics knows that. So if you live in a solid world, and that's how we experience it, but why we do can be very easily explained, as I do in the books. Um, and when you feel the world is solid and everything's apart from everything else, then what do you have? Limitation. It's not possible. Uh, when I say this is happening, that's happening. Many times people have said to me, well, that can't be happening. It's not possible. No, it's not possible if the world's solid, but it's not. They know that actually the base form of this reality is a waveform information fields. Think Wi-Fi. So you've got a Wi-Fi field. And it's just a radiation field of information, but the computer simply decodes that field into a completely different reality on the screen. And everywhere apart from on the screen, the Internet or what you see is nothing like what you're looking at. Only on the screen does it look like that. And in the same way, um, we are decoding um, waveform information fields, fluid waveform information fields, think Wi-Fi again, into this reality. And there's no now, doubt they're coming in to jam the transmissions we're getting from God, the universe, the information, to jam it with artificiality. And you read their white papers, they admit they're trying to stop something that humans are going to do. They're trying to bring in the false new age to make us think that, 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 that they're saving us when they're really killing us because there is something really new coming. This is the whole point. Um, now, I, I talked earlier about the postage stamp consensus and all that. What, what all this perceptual... Um, programming does, especially programming self-identity. This is why they're getting this self-identity politics where people's self-identity is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. 
and the letters describing it get longer and longer and longer. It's because they want us to uh, have a myopic view of a totally selfish island under yourself, totally pissed yeah. off, hating everyone around you, a satanic worldview. But also a myopic self-identity. So we self-identify the I with our labels, your race, your religion. Sure, so it's, your false, it's false labeling, false programming, so that it, it's a jamming what the real universe is, putting up fake icons that they're teaching us uh, through political correctness is literally to sabotage reality and not let us even decode third dimensional transmissions. But, yeah, so what, what they're doing is they're basically putting us in a bubble, a perceptual bubble. And, 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 therefore and that's the basis of telling someone they're a victim. So you wanted to get into trans, transhumanism and the transgender. Here it is. Transgender man who gave birth loses battle to be registered as a father. That's upside down world saying, you know, pig not given the right to say he can fly to the moon and back. Uh, Britain's first transgender couple to allow their five-year-old child to begin transitioning. A total cult, again, doing this to their daughter. Here's another one. Favorite drag queen storytime author likes pedophile Instagram post talking about hashtag young boy lover, hashtag pedophilia, hashtag. I mean, it's all right here. Scroll through that for folks uh, with all of this open Satanism and the coming out. And these people all dress like demons and drag queen storytime and women bringing their children to offer them up to men. Many of them convicted pedophiles. What in the hell is going on there, David? Well, this externalization of this. Well, I'm, I, I would like to comment on that because it's very important in terms of some of the subjects we've covered. But if I could just finish this one point. Oh, yes. You just said make um, sure I bring that up. But go ahead. Sure. And, and I, I want to talk about it. I'll come to it. I'll be very brief. So we've been put in this perceptual bubble and all the information we get, which forms our perceptions of self and the world, is within this bubble. But actually, if we open our minds, particularly open our hearts, um, we can access levels of expanded awareness that gives you a faster greater um uh fix on the world and and reality than ever that does and what they want to do with this um smart grid this connecting the human brain to artificial intelligence is to stop us expanding our consciousness into greater levels of awareness, understanding. And that's insight. admitted. The White House science are said we put fluoride in the water to lower your IQ to make you more manageable. It, they admit they're doing it. Talk about criminal activity. Exactly. And and so that's that, that that's what it's all about. Anyway, in terms of the transgender thing, this 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 relates to the whole smart grid um, technological agenda. Um, they want in the end to change the nature of the human body so it becomes a synthetic, uh, a synthetic human body. They're already working on it, sometimes in the open, overwhelmingly um, in, uh, in the, the secret bases and projects. This synthetic human will not have gender and will not be able to procreate, which takes us into Brave New World and the world hatchery um, uh, method of technological produce of children, which is what Aldous Huxley was talking about in the uh, world hatcheries. And so what they are doing is preparing people, particularly the young as well, because they'll be the adults, for the no gender world. So what they, this is the process. Confuse gender, confuse gender, confuse gender, confuse gender, fuse gender, fuse gender, no gender human. And because... Um, they um, 
are looking at um, a technological procreation um, instead of a, a human procreation, they don't need men and women anymore because they don't need to procreate because uh, that's going to be done another way. And so what is happening with this transgender indoctrination, which is so disgusting, it's not because, again, it's not about protecting transgender people from um, from uh, discrimination. It's That's about forcing the, this agenda and attacking the name man and woman and attacking the very biological jump point of the yeah. third dimension. Well, in the same way that the school system, which has been completely taken over for this agenda, has been indoctrinating children into the climate cult agenda to terrify them that the world's going to end, so they are being at the same time indoctrinated into complete And boy, are they back in two minutes with the final segment with David Knight. And then we've got Paul Joseph Watson. All right, final segment with David Ike, Paul Watson taking over. Look at this headline. Wax my balls. Trans activist complains that gynecologist won't see her. Files more lawsuits. Continuing transgendered men again give birth. Just totally made up. And then now these families where they pressure their kids to do it. It's, 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 it's not turning them into another sex. It's giving them chemicals that end up killing them early. It's it's criminal activity, in my view. And it came out of the Tavistock Institute powerful report uh, that Greg Reese put out. And I, I get I get mad at the crew because they're great people. But they like do these incredible reports. And it's like no promotion. It's not brought to me. N not a big deal isn't made about it. We don't even get the people that we have that have Twitter accounts to put it out. It's like just yeah. So if you don't take our stuff serious and get it out at band.video, nobody is. Because we got first-rate reporters and stuff breaking stuff that is earth-shattering. Because as David Icke just said, he's dead on. The climate change system is about teaching humans to hate themselves and about turning everything over to a world government AI system. And the transgenderism is of getting them ready for brain chips and everything else. Because if you'll accept a man's a woman and a woman's a dog or any of this other stuff or people put Drano in their eyes because they want to be transabled and then we got to pay for their tax you know, money to take care of them, then we'll put up with cyborgs. Uh, closing comments on that, David Icke, and I appreciate you joining us today. Uh, well, what have you just described? You just described um, George Orwell's two plus two equals five. What they're telling us is to believe that two plus two equals five. And in 1984, um, there were punishments for not accepting that, even if you thought it actually equaled four. And so what we have now are the punishments. You've got parents who are terrified of social services knocking on their door if they don't go along with the tyranny now the school, which is actually a tyranny, which is what they've become, imposing these things upon um, children. But if we're going to um, uh, stop this, then we need to grow a pair and we need to grow a backbone and we need to um, not accept that two and two, two equals anything but four. So when people say these things um, uh, uh, that you've just described, these ludicrous things, and you get um, attacked for saying, actually, that the, the man and a woman is, is the biology of humans. Um, and that, that's not to say that people can't be transgender. Good luck to them. 
But that's not what this is about. This is not about protecting transgender people. It's about indoctrinating kids to become confused about their gender for a big political um, reason. If this was about um, uh, protecting transgender people, then when those transgender people, and I've been reading books about this, come out, who've been through the surgery, who've been through the transition, and say it was a big mistake, I wish I hadn't bowed to the pressure to do it because it's destroyed my life. The, the, the transgender activists, if it was about transgender people, would say, hey, hey, you know, if you're thinking about it, you know, you need to listen to these people because there are, you know, there can be problems. No, no. What happens to those people when they come out and say I made a mistake is they are abused and uh, vilified and demonized because it's not about transgender. It's about an agenda. This is why when um, uh, Jewish people come out and uh, criticize Israel, they get more abuse from the Israeli networks than non-Jewish people. So it's not about protecting Jewish people. It's about protecting an agenda which has multiple um, faces. And what we need to do is refuse to accept that two and two equal anything but four. So when they come out with this stuff and we need to keep, we're supposed to keep our heads down and nod, we just, just say it's a load of freaking rubbish. What are you talking about? It's insane. Exactly. Kids, Men can't have babies. Women aren't oh. men. And we're not going to live in your damn crazy hell bop cult on PCP. <laughs> That's what this is. It's not human. It's evil. Let's reject it. And that is what is empowering. David Icke, please come back very, very soon because uh, two hours was not enough. I've got so many other subjects I wanted to cover with you. So thank you so much for the time and have a great Christmas coming up and a great New Year. Hopefully you'll come back uh, even before this uh, year's over, but regardless, in January uh, so we can host together in 2020. Thank you so much, DavidIke.com. There it is, folks. That's what's happening, the evil in the world. Yep, the reality is far wilder than the fiction we're going to go to our spiritual hour with Derek Prince and here he is in this session we're going to begin by answering one of the most important practical questions in this whole theme one that many people are concerned about. That is, how do demons come in? How do they gain entry to human personalities and lives? My answers that I'm going to offer to you are based on experience, and I'm not by any means suggesting that they are totally complete. But I will, I will list seven different ways in which they may be able to come in. The first one is what I call occult background. In other words, somewhere in your family history, there has been involvement with the occult. And when you talk about the occult, you realize that you're dealing with false gods. That's really what it is. In other words, there has been a breaking of the first two commandments which are the basic commandments. Thou shalt have no other God beside me, and thou shalt not make any graven image to worship. All forms of idolatry automatically expose people to demons. 
And in connection with those two commandments, the Lord said that he would visit the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. I don't believe it applies so much to the other commandments, but it's given in the context of the first two commandments. And so if your father, your grandfather, or your great-grandfather, or some other corresponding relative was involved in the occult, or a false religion, or idolatry, then there is an opening into your life for evil spirits. Now you might say that's not fair. Well, the truth of the matter is the devil isn't fair. But what I want you to understand is no one is condemning you for having the problem. Condemnation will only come to you if you reject the solution. That's where condemnation comes. All right? The second way is through personal occult involvement. And I think probably we better read a scripture at this point. There is a saying in English, I don't know whether you've ever heard it, he who sups with the devil must use a spoon with a long handle. I just want to tell you there is no spoon made with a handle long enough to make it safe to sup with the devil. You give him your little finger and before you can turn round, he's grabbed above your elbow. There is just no way that is safe to be involved in the occult. I'm going to read Deuteronomy 18, verses 10, 11, and 12. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire. That is, offering your children in a living sacrifice to a pagan god by putting them in an oven. Now, I want you to see that the other things that follow by God are classified in the same list as having your children offered as living sacrifices by fire to a pagan god. Thou shalt not be, there shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, that's a fortune teller, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. That's a pretty comprehensive list. I think every kind of occult practice is included. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. So many Christians just play with horoscopes and then think there's no harm in it. Let me just point out to you that if you played with horoscopes under the law of Moses, you would have been put to death. That's God's estimate of that kind of involvement. All right, the third is what I call prenatal influences. Things that happen while you are still in your mother's womb. And many people have an evil spirit enter them in that phase of their life. The commonest single reason is rejection. A mother resents the baby she's carrying in her womb. Maybe she wasn't married and it's going to be an embarrassment or maybe she's get, not getting on well with her husband and she just wasn't, doesn't want another burden in the family. Or maybe the financial situation makes it difficult for them to care for the children. But whatever, she just resents that little life that's starting in her womb 
And that little person in the womb is very sensitive to attitudes. It's not just a fetus, it's a person. And it comes out with the spirit of rejection already in it. Or a woman who's pregnant may experience some kind of a shock, a moment of fear. She yields to the fear, the spirit of fear enters her, has two options, can stay in the woman or stay in the infant in her womb. May find it more convenient to stay in the infant, you understand? So when the infant is born, it comes out with the spirit of fear. Let me show you a scripture which most people don't notice. In 1 Peter chapter 3, which is advice to wives, I just want to bring out this one aspect of it. Uh, telling wives that the pattern for them in the Bible is the attitude of Sarah to Abraham. And I'm not laboring this point, don't get nervous. First uh, Peter 3, 6. <clears throat> As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you do good, and it doesn't end there, and are not afraid with any terror. To be a daughter of Abraham, you have to be able to resist the sudden shock of fear. It's very obvious, I think, that women are more liable to sudden fright or panic than men. And again, I've dealt with many cases of people who needed deliverance because of some shock that came to the mother while they were still in the mother's womb. Another interesting thing is, I noticed when I was full-time in this ministry, or let me say much more engaged in it than I am regularly now, that there were people in a certain age group in the United States, many of whom seemed to need deliverance from rejection. And I began to think maybe they were all born in the same period. And then I began to say, what period were they born in? And I discovered they were born during the Great Depression. And I reasoned out, the mother already has six mouths to feed and not enough money, and here comes the seventh child, and she may be a good woman, but she inwardly resents the responsibility of that next child, and it is born with a spirit of rejection. All right, we don't have time to dwell on any of these. Number four, but you, uh, let me say, if you go to a fortune teller, or some such person to find out what will happen to your baby when it's born, you have started that baby off with two strikes against it before it even comes out of the womb. Number four, um, soulish domination. See, there's a difference between the spirit and the soul. I don't, can't go into that. But there are many people who control and manipulate other people by what I call soul force, soulish domination. The most common example in contemporary American culture is a mother dominating her children, especially her sons. There used to be a best-selling book in the Jewish community entitled How to Be a Good Jewish Mother. And one of the lessons was how to get your son to play his violin in public using no other motivation but guilt. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you know the Yiddish mama, well, they call them in, in Hebrew Yiddish mamas. I mean, they are the perfect example of what I'm talking about. 
You know about the lady in the big theater who shouted out, Is there a doctor in the house? And a man stood up and said, Yes. And she said, Boy, do I have a daughter for you. <laughs> All right. But it goes a lot beyond that. I have met successful businessmen, bank presidents and people like that, who never developed in emotional maturity because they still were tied to their mother's uh, umbilicus. The, the spiritual umbilical cord had never been cut. The methods of manipulation are endless. I think of a mother who dominated her family because every time things went wrong, she got migraine. And all the family had to tiptoe around, don't talk, don't make a noise, mother's got another of her headaches. She didn't realize it, but she kept them from doing anything she didn't want them to do by having migraines. See? There are two dirty words in this context, dominate and manipulate. And wherever you meet them, you've met the devil. All right, number five. I've had to say to some people, listen, if you want me to help you, I've got to be honest. The fact is, your mother is a witch. You've still got to honor her, but she's a witch. I've had to tell people who got delivered, you're just not free to go back to your parents' home. You'll have to stay away because you don't have the spiritual strength to stay free from that dominating, manipulating influence. Number five, uh, pressures in early childhood. I have discovered that a child's spiritual and emotional defenses are not strong enough to keep out persistent demon pressure. Now, it says in James 3.16, something that's worth bearing in mind. James chapter 3, verse 16. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing will be there. So where there is an atmosphere of strife and disharmony between the parents, it generates a condition in which the children will be automatically exposed to demon influences. And I would say more than 90% of children are incapable of keeping them out. My observation is that 80% of demon problems have started in a person's life before the age of five. And the parents are responsible for that situation. You understand? Number six, moment or place of weakness. It can be emotional weakness, can be physical weakness. A woman is standing on a street corner and a horrible automobile accident takes place in front of her eyes. She's exposed to the spirit of fear. Or a woman has only one child. This is a case I actually dealt with. A boy, at the age of five, he dies. She goes into depression and stays in it for years. She has opened up to the spirit of grief, which is a very powerful spirit. Or a woman is expecting 
to get married. And at the last moment, the engagement is cancelled. And she yields to the spirit of disappointment and goes through life an incomplete person. I remember I was teaching once years ago in a certain place, and there was a lady who was Pentecostal and very spiritual sitting on the front row, and I happened to name the spirit of disappointment. And I watched her face. It convulsed. She changed totally. Her whole personality changed until she was delivered from that spirit of disappointment. You see, if you build your hopes on something and it doesn't work out, you're probably exposed to an evil force. Now, another kind of weakness is physical weakness. Let me give you this example. I've talked about epilepsy as being produced at times by an evil spirit. Some years ago, my first wife and I had a girl of about 18 who came to us. She'd heard my tapes. She was a confirmed, diagnosed epileptic on medication, but she believed that it was an evil spirit. She came to us for deliverance. So Lydia and I prayed for her, and we felt that the spirit had left. But then the Lord seemed to say to me, your job isn't finished. So I said to the girl, now tell me, how did this start? Did it start with a physical injury? And she said, yes, I was struck on the head by a baseball, and after that the seizures started. Well, I said, the physical injury was purely physical, but it opened the door to a spirit of epilepsy. You understand? The, the place of weakness was the injury to her brain. Now I said to her, I believe the spirit has gone out, we need to close the door. So Lydia and I put hands on her and prayed for the healing of her brain. I was in contact with her for about three years after that. She took no more medication, never had another seizure. But I give that simply as an example of a moment or a place of weakness. And the last one is sinful acts or habits. If you persist in a certain sinful habit, you can be sure that sooner or later it will become demonic. To give an example of a sinful act, I had to pray for a young woman once who had gone to see the film The Exorcist. She knew she shouldn't go. She went and something entered her. She had to come, confess as a sin that she'd gone on territory that was forbidden, and then she was delivered. Or a person may go to a pornographic movie and a, some kind of sex demon will enter, demon of lust. But you won't get delivered until you've confessed the sin that opened the way for the demon. You understand? All right, now we come, if somebody would clean off that, we come to what is the center of the whole thing. How to be delivered. <laughs> this is what all of us need to know. And I'm going to give you a list of simple basic steps. I don't say you have to follow all these steps, but I've observed that these are the things that are relevant. Number one, be humble. <laughs> okay, now you'll see why I say that when I write up number two, be honest. <laughs> you understand it takes humility to be honest. <laughs> I tell people, don't call your problem by some fancy psychiatric name. Call it what it really is. Call a spade a spade and not an agricultural implement. All right. If it's lust, call it lust. 
If it's hatred, call it hatred. Say to women, call it by the same name you'd call it in your husband and you got the right name. <laughs> but that takes humility, all right? You won't face the truth unless you first humble yourself. And remember, the Bible always puts on us the responsibility for humility. It always says, humble yourself. Don't pray to God to make you humble, because he'll humiliate you. Then you'll have to be humble, but it's your decision. Like this, you see, if you are seeking deliverance, there may come a moment when you have to choose between two things, your dignity and your deliverance. Now, if dignity is more important to you than deliverance, you know what your problem is? Pride, that's right. I always think of this doctor, in the, a doctor's wife in the state of Alabama. She was a kind of southern-style lady. She'd heard me teaching, and she came up and said, Mr. Prince, if I understand what you're saying, if I'm to be delivered, I may scream. I said, it could happen. But she said, I was brought up the lady, that a lady doesn't scream in public. Well, I said, suppose you were in a river drowning, and you were going down for the third time, and you thought there might be someone on the bank who could rescue you, would you be too ladylike to scream? You see, that's an option. You can choose to down, drown, <laughs> or you can be a little less ladylike for five minutes. But I, my advice to people is let your dignity go, because it'll come back. And when you've been delivered, <laughs> when you've been delivered, you'll be much more dignified. You won't have this thing inside you struggling all the time. Okay, but I really say humility is the key. All right, the next is confess your faith in Christ. I won't put your, but you understand that. Because he is the high priest of our confession. When we confess right, he comes to our help. But if we don't make the right confession, we don't get him on the scene. Number four, confess any known sin. All right, I'll write ditto there. Any known sin, and I want to put, but I don't have room on the line, by yourself or your ancestors. In some cases, you have to identify yourself with the family problem and say, it's my problem, I confess it, I ask for forgiveness, even though it was your grandmother or your aunt or whoever it was. Number five. Repent of all sin. Without repentance, you remember what we've been saying all along? Without repentance, there is no deliverance. And I'll put here Proverbs 28:13, which says, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Do you want mercy? You've got to do two things. Confess and forsake. That's old-fashioned. But then God hasn't changed. You understand? A lot of people have the attitude, if I don't confess my sin, God will never know about it. Really, I've met many people. That's a mistake. God knows already. He's not asking you to confess in order that he can find out. He's asking you to confess in order that he can have mercy on you. Understand? And let me tell you some other good news. God is unshockable. You can tell him the worst about yourself. He already knows it, and he still loves it. But if you hold it in, you've held your problem in. All right, number six. 
break with occult uh, curses, which we're going to deal with tonight. I can't go into that in detail now. And secret societies. Okay, especially Freemasonry. That is a source of the most tremendous demonic problems. And it goes from generation to generation, including retardation, crippling, uh, all sorts of problems. All right, really, that's part of repentance. You understand? But I've put it up separately. Number seven, forgive others. All others. Everybody. Don Basham and I had a friend years back who was a, um, a veterinarian. He needed deliverance, but he didn't get delivered till he'd forgiven the whole IRS. <laughs> that was his problem. <laughs> None of you have that problem, I'm sure. <laughs> Jesus said in Matthew 11:25, when you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anybody. That leaves out nothing and nobody. It's your responsibility to forgive. You don't wait till they humble themselves and say, I really am sorry for what I did to you. You forgive them, not for their sake primarily, but for your sake. I tell people forgiving others is not being super spiritual or sentimental. It is really simply enlightened self-interest. That's all it is. And number eight, one beautiful brief word, expel. <laughs> we'll come to that a little later, but... Passivity doesn't get you anywhere. You've got to take action. The simplest action to take is to begin to breathe out. In both Hebrew and Greek, the word for spirit is the same word for breath. I remember a little boy, or rather a mother who came to me, asked me to pray for a little boy of about four or five. I said, what's his problem? She said, allergies. What kind of allergies? Food allergies. What's he allergic to? Tell me what he isn't allergic to. Well, I said, I'm going to deal with it as an evil spirit. Is that okay? She said, fine. I said, I need to talk to your son. I talked to him in very simple child language. said, there's a bad spirit, like a breath inside you. I'm going to command it to come out in the name of Jesus. I want you to let it go. So when I say in the name of Jesus, you blow it out. So he was like a little soldier, prayed for him, said, in the name of Jesus. And he went, that was all. So I thought, did it work or didn't it? So I just had to leave it with the Lord. But three days later, the lady came back and said, pray for me. <laughs> I said, what is your problem? She said, allergies. I said, tell me first what happened to your son. Well, she said he marched straight home, went to the refrigerator, opened it and sampled everything in it and nothing did him any harm. <laughs> See how simple. Except you become like a little child, you don't get these benefits. All right, now that's how to get, get them out. That's the most important piece of information. Even if you don't understand how they came in, what matters is to know how to get them out. Thank you. Now we're going on to the problem area. Why some people are not delivered. Okay, this is mainly for those who are going to be in this ministry. Why some are not delivered. Basically, it's for not meeting the conditions. Listen, 
Deliverance is not so much a test of your spiritual power, it's a test of whether the people have met the condition. Don't focus on yourself, focus on getting the people to meet the conditions, because once they've met the conditions, they will be delivered. You may feel yourself a little midget, but you're representing a victorious Christ. All right, number one, lack of repentance. Okay, there's no guarantee to anybody who is not willing to repent. Number two, lack of desperation. I say deliverance is for the desperate. I often say to people, when you come back and are desperate, desperation. Thank you. Lack of desperation. Summed up in one word, passivity. You find that particularly in people who've been in oriental cults, because they've encouraged a kind of putting your mind in neutral, you understand? And many times you've got to do something to prod them. See, it's, I want to say again, Christ has given us authority over evil spirits, but not over the human will. You cannot will for the other person. The person has to will for himself. Number three, wrong motives. All right. Scripture I'll give you there is James... And verse 3, which says, You ask and you receive not, because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your lusts. We are not delivered just to get off the hook, you understand? A lot of people would like to get off the hook. We're delivered in order to serve the Lord. People who come merely to get off the hook do not qualify for deliverance. Number four, you better go down this list and check yourself while we're going through it. Self-centeredness. All right? Desire for attention. Some people don't get delivered because they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be the center of attention any longer. You understand? You find some of the chronic cases of deliverance never want to get delivered because they are poor, neglected, rejected people. This is the only time they get the center of the stage. One thing you'll notice about all people affected by demons is in some way or other they are self-centered. In fact, self-centeredness is an invitation to demon attention. Sometimes you just have to let the person go and say, listen, you've heard enough, you can do it for yourself, and if you don't do it for yourself, nobody else is going to do it for you. Number five, failure to break with the occult, etc. And that includes getting rid of occult objects, okay, such as little Buddhas or charms, or horseshoes, anything that savors of superstition is demonic. Moses told Israel, if you bring an accursed thing into your house, you become accursed like the thing. 
Most Christians need to go through their homes and clean out a lot of rubbish. I make it a principle, I don't want to keep in my house anything that dishonors Jesus Christ or honors Satan. One of the big steps in my life was I had inherited from my grandfather four beautiful tapestry Chinese dragons, imperial dragons with five claws, not four. And, and they were beautiful. And they were not actually objects of worship. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought the devil really is a picture of Satan, uh, the dragon really is a picture of Satan. I cannot afford to advertise him on the walls of my home. So I took them down, got rid of them. And I would have to say, without any conscious effort on my part, my income doubled from the day I did that. <laughs> That's a little extra motivation, okay? <laughs> I, I was not planning it. I wasn't, I wasn't in need. I didn't have any such motivation in mind, but I just observed. I prospered in a totally new measure once I got the dragons out of my house. All right. Number six, failure to sever evil, soulish relationships. Sometimes you have to break some relationships. If they're evil, if they're binding, if they're, I don't know what word, I, I want to say the word gooey, a kind of sloppy sentimentality that isn't honest. All right, number seven, under a curse. Now, we're going to deal with that tonight, so I'm not going to get involved in it now, but some people are under a curse and will not be delivered or healed till the curse is broken. Number eight, I'm running out of space. Failure to confess a specific sin, such as the one obvious example is abortion. Anyone who has procured an abortion deliberately in God's sight is guilty of murder. And that has to be confessed specifically as murder. Now, this isn't my decision. I'm not making the rules. Understand? I'm just interpreting. I've tried to get people delivered. You could get the demon up as far as the throat and it would not come out. Stop and check. I remember a girl of about 16. My mother brought her. Eventually I said, listen, there's something you're going to have to confess before this will come out. And she eventually confessed she'd had an abortion. Her mother didn't know about it. The moment she confessed, it came out. And it was so sweet to see the mother and daughter fall in one another's arms and receive one another. But that, in my opinion, is an unvarying principle. Number nine. I think I'm going to have to go back to the top of the list. If that's all right by all of you, I can't do anything else. So I'll top, wipe out the first three, and we'll go on with nine, which is, ah, this is a controversial one, not separated by, guess what? What's the separating ordinance in the New Testament? 
Baptism, that's right. Water baptism. All right. Remember, Israel were delivered in Egypt by the blood of the Lamb, but they were separated from Egypt by the water of the Red Sea. And it was the water that prevented the Egyptians following them. They could follow as far as the water. People that are not willing to be water baptized, in my opinion, do not qualify to stay free. This is not an option. I'm not dealing with this as a denominational issue. I'm simply stating that's the way it is. You can get God to agree, fine. But I'm not going to be a party to that agreement. All right, 10. Now this is a very complicated one. Part of a larger battle. I think I better put all of this up. Requiring corporate action. Okay? Some people are what I call Satan's battlefields. And he will not let them go, not because of what they are themselves, but because of, thank you, because of what they stand for. I, I don't have time to go into this. But there are people for whom the whole body has to take responsibility. Give you an example. There was a young man I knew who had Hodgkin's disease. You know, it's incurable. It's just a question of time. Well, he was part of a fellowship, which when the fellowship flourished, he did fine. He wasn't sick. If anything went wrong with the fellowship spiritually, he began to get sick. And ultimately, Satan got right into the fellowship, split it open and destroyed it, and he died. Understand? His physical condition was an accurate barometer of the spiritual condition of the fellowship he was in. There are people like that. You don't have the choice. All right, one last topic. If I could get the top part wiped off. Thank you. How to keep your deliverance. Okay, this, I usually don't have time to teach on this. Let me say that I have a series of six cassettes called Deliverance and Demonology, which are available to all of you. This final cassette is seven ways to keep your deliverance. So if you don't, if I don't cover it in detail, anyhow. Number one, make Jesus Lord. Okay? Normally at the end of a deliverance service, I'll tell the people who've been delivered, don't you go out of this auditorium until you've made Jesus Lord of every area of your life. You remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12? When the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walks through dry places seeking rest. Then he says, I will return to my house. What does he mean by my house? The person he occupies. And when he comes, he finds it three things. Empty, swept, and set in order. What's the problem? No problem with having the house swept. No problem with having the house set in order. What's the problem? Empty, unoccupied. No one else has been allowed to move in. There's only one person strong enough to keep the devil out of your life. You know who that is? Jesus. 
Every area Jesus occupies is safe, but any area where he is not Lord is unsafe. Have you ever driven through the United States about six or seven o'clock in the evening looking for a motel to spend the night? You're looking for one word in red neon letters. What is it? Vacancy. That's right. And when you see that, you know you can get in. Well, in the spiritual world, any area of your personality which is not totally given to the Lordship of Jesus has got that red neon letter sign, vacancy. And the enemy knows he's welcome. And when he comes in, he's liable to bring with him seven others worse than himself. All right. Number two, I'm going to just put briefly, garment of praise. The, the scripture says, God has given us a garment of praise in place of the spirit of heaviness. Is that right? You see, when you are praising the Lord, you bother the devil more than he can bother you. <laughs> Let me relate this briefly. Years back, before I've gotten to this minister of deliverance, I was just pastoring an ordinary sort of Pentecostal church in London. Uh, we had two Russian Jewesses who had marvelously escaped from Russia, been saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit, and my first wife and I were praying with them, and they really believed in praising the Lord. I mean, they were not reticent. They said in Russia, the Baptists praise the Lord much louder than the Pentecostals outside Russia. And so there we were having a good time with the Lord and there was a ring at the bell and when I went to answer it, there was one of my lady church members there leading her husband by the hand. And she said, this is my husband. He's just come out of prison. He has a demon. Well, that was unwelcome news to me because I didn't know what to do about demons. But I couldn't refuse the man. So I took the couple up where we were all praying. And I said, we'll pray. You know, that's a safe coverall. It's always spiritual to pray. Sometimes it doesn't produce any results, but at least you sound good. So we went on praying, and these Russian sisters, they didn't care about anybody. They were praising the Lord. So this man sidled up to me, and he said, there's too much noise. I'm going. I didn't premeditate my answer, but I gave him the right answer. I said, listen, the one who doesn't like the noise is the devil, because we're praising Jesus. You've got two options. If you go now, the devil will go with you. If you stay, the devil will go without you. He said, I'll stay. <laughs> and about 10 minutes later, without anything further happening that I was aware of, he came up to me, he said, it's just left. I felt it leave my throat. Well, I've, that was such a demonstration to me how much the devil dislikes the praises of Jesus. If you put on the garment of praise, he'll stay away from you. Because you embarrass him more than he can embarrass you. Number three, put on the full armor of God. That's not an option. Ephesians, what? 6, 14 through 17, as it starts with 12. That's right. Okay. Now, that's all listed for you. I don't have to tell you all about it. Number four, live by God's word. All right. Matthew 4, 4 says what? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord. You cannot live by your feelings. That's the most dangerous thing you can do. 
You'll be up and down, and every time you get a bad mood, you've opened the door. There's a little list of three F's. Fact, faith, feelings. Okay, now you have to keep them in that order. The facts are in the Word of God. Faith believes the facts and feelings fall into line. But if you reverse the order and start living by your feelings, you've lost your anchor. You're like a ship adrift without an anchor. Number five, submit to God. And what else? Resist the devil. That's right. I'll put Satan because it's shorter to write. Which is James 4, 7. Notice which comes first. Which do you have to do first? Submit to God. If you've submitted to God and you then resist the devil, what does the Bible say will happen? He will what? Flee from you. Do you believe that? <coughs> but a lot of Christians are actually doing the opposite. They're submitting to the devil and resisting God. You see, Really? Many? All right. Number six. Number six. I'll put right fellowship. I don't put in more. It matters what kind of fellowship you have. 1 John 1, 7. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, what happens? We have fellowship. If you're out of fellowship, you're out of the light instead. You're not protected by the blood. The blood only cleanses in the light. And you're going to have some kind of fellowship. Which is it going to be? With the godly or the ungodly? Paul says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. So the fellowship is an acid test of where you're at in your spiritual life. Number seven. I don't know how many I've got. Can I get them all in? I can. Come under discipline. All right. You cannot be a real Christian without being under discipline. Self-discipline, family discipline, governmental discipline, school discipline, church discipline. There are many areas of discipline. But the one who refuses is a rebel. And you know what the Bible says about rebel? 1 Samuel 15, 23, rebellion is as witchcraft. The moment... You become rebellious, you are exposed to the spirit of witchcraft. Okay? Discipline. Did you get that? For many people today, it's a dirty word. This starts with self-discipline, you understand? Most Christians indulge their moods and their whims and their fancies. You are not free to do that. It's just as dangerous to do that as it is to, endanger, to indulge your sexual impulses. You are not free to do it. Number eight, this is the last one. Make Jesus central. All right? You notice it begins and ends with Jesus. And I'm going to put a scripture there, John 12, what? 31 and 32, which says, Jesus saying, Now is the judgment of this world. 
and now is the prince of this world cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Notice the order. When Satan is cast out, what's the next thing to do? Lift up Jesus. That's right. Fill the vacuum with Jesus. The driving out of Satan creates a vacuum. It's very important you fill it with the right thing. Focus on Jesus. Do not focus on demons. Don't give the devil too much publicity. He loves it. Demons are real like germs and viruses and other things. We have to acknowledge them. We have to deal with them. But a healthy person doesn't go around thinking all the time about germs and viruses. You understand? Health, in a certain sense, excludes them. Don't see a demon under every cup and saucer. And if you're from some old-line church, or even a less old-line church, don't go back, go up to your pastor or rector, stick your finger between his eyes and say, you have a demon. Understand? <laughs> it may be true, but it's not the right way to handle the situation. All right, now we have done marvelously well with regard to time, and I want to end on a very practical note. Thank you so much. Uh, this is optional. I want you to understand, nobody is compelled. But if there are those of you here this morning or this afternoon now, who feel that somehow on the basis of what you've heard or maybe previous experience, you have a problem, a demonic problem. There's an area in your life in which Jesus is not in control and you're not in control. You may be in control of 90%, but there's this 10%. It may be your temper, it may be your mind, it may be your sex life, it may be your relationships with other people. There is an area where you need deliverance. I want to help you. I've helped, I can say, I think, with honesty, hundreds of thousands of people. It works. What I'm going to offer to do for you, those of you who feel that you want help here, I'm going to invite you in a few moments to stand and say a prayer. You'll not be praying to me, you'll be praying to Jesus. Remember, there's only one deliverer. What's his name? Jesus. If you want deliverance, you have to come to the deliverer. There's no alternative. Jesus said, him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. If you come, he'll receive you. Now, this is a method that I have employed with large crowds in Wellington Old Town Hall just two weeks ago in New Zealand. We had at least 2,000 people. And it worked for 2,000. It worked dramatically well. I have never seen so many people liberated in such a short space of time. So what I'm going to offer to do, now this is an offer. I'm going to lead you in a prayer in which you will have the opportunity to humble yourself, to come to Jesus, and to affirm that you've met the conditions. You understand? I'll put in your, word, in your mouth the words, you'll renounce the occult and every kind of contact with satanic power. You'll forgive every other person who ever harmed you or wronged you. You'll release yourself from every curse over your life and you'll have to do that in faith without the understanding. And then 
you'll present yourself to Jesus as a candidate for deliverance. And when you've said the prayer and met all the conditions, the last thing you'll say is Amen. Okay? And when you said Amen, don't do any more praying. It's very religious to pray. Sounds good. But as long as you're praying, you're keeping the demons inside. You understand? They can't get out past your prayer. Don't speak in tongues. Speaking in tongues is wonderful, but it has the same effect. It keeps the demons inside. It's like when the ambulance or the police car goes down the road with its sirens blaring and its lights flashing. Everything else gets off to the side and lets it go past. That's how demons get out. See? Make way for them. Release them. Let them go out. Now, I said, faith without works is dead. I didn't, but the Bible does. Okay? So, don't stand there passive when you've said the prayer, waiting for something to happen. Do one very simple thing. Begin to breathe out. Expel. And you find, if you have a problem, in a short while, it'll be more than mere human breath that's coming up. That's your, what you're after. Now, when that happens, you might become undignified. You might not act in a very religious way. If you decide to be dignified and religious, you lose what you prayed for. It's your option. I suggest you turn loose and get it out. I've told the people, the devil is no gentleman. He comes in uninvited and he usually has to be kicked out. Kick him out with everything you've got. Don't spare him. Hate him. Listen, it's no sin to hate the devil. It's a sin not to hate the devil. To be passive and indifferent is sinful. Okay, those of you that want to say this prayer, would you stand to your feet right now? We don't have more than about three minutes. All right, now we are praying to Jesus, the Deliverer, not to Brother Prince. And I would like you to say these words. They're all taken out of the Bible and what I have taught. Okay? Lord Jesus Christ, I believe that you are the Son of God and the only way to God. That you died on the cross for my sins and rose again from the dead. I come to you now for mercy and for forgiveness. I believe you do forgive me and receive me as your child. And because you receive me, I receive myself as a child of God. <coughs> and now, Lord, you know the special problem that I have. The demonic influences that torment me. Lord, I want to meet your conditions and receive your deliverance. First of all, I forgive every other person, whoever harmed me or wronged me, I forgive them all now. Now pause for a moment and quietly name the persons you need to forgive to yourself. We're going on. Lord, I have forgiven all these persons. I have laid down all bitterness, all resentment, all hatred, and all rebellion. 
and I believe you've forgiven me. I thank you for it. I also renounce every contact with Satan, with occult power, with secret societies, with anything in Satan's territory. I repent of being on that territory and I turn my back on it now. Also, Lord, if there's a curse over my life, I thank you that on the cross you were made a curse, that I might be redeemed from the curse and receive the blessing. And I claim that now, release from the curse and entering into the blessing. And now, Lord, I want to come against any evil spirit in me that occupies any area of my personality. I want to tell you, I hate them. They are my enemies. I will not make peace with them. I will not compromise with them. They will have no more place in me. I turn against them now. And in the authority of your name, Jesus, I command them to leave me. I expel them right now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, no more praying. I'll do the final prayer. You do the letting go. Begin to expel right now in faith. Now, Lord, as your servant and representative here this morning, under the authority of the local leadership, I take dominion in Jesus' name over every evil spirit that has been renounced and I command them to go now in Jesus' name. Release these people and go from them now in the mighty, all-prevailing name of Jesus Christ. I affirm that Jesus Christ is Lord over this gathering, that he has defeated Satan, that he holds the keys of death and of Hades, that all authority has been given unto him in heaven and in earth. Satan, you are subject to us through the name of Jesus. You have to obey us. You have to go from these people. You have no options. The Bible says you must leave and leave you must, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now just get a full deliverance. Release yourself from everything. Once the anointing is here, you can get rid of everything and it's much more difficult to do it when the anointing lifts. That's right. Don't bother about other people. Don't hold on to your dignity. It'll come back in a few moments. That's right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise your holy name. Praise your name. Praise your name. 